Well, I mean, poor Ariel. Like, she doesn't have enough problems already. I know, right? Yeah, like, all <laughs> of a sudden... And you... apparently she can't write. <laughs> yes. Oh, I lost my voice. Okay. There's no pens in the ocean. <laughs> There's no pens, except for the one that she uses to sign with Ursula. You're right. She can read the contract. Ooh. And she can sign her name. <laughs> but she can't find a pen on it would land. Be, okay, so maybe I guess it's like you can't use your voices and you can't communicate. Right. Well, it's it's like it's like words. Angel not having breath, even though he's got he's using yeah, okay, air to. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but it's okay. still it's funny that I I mean that's one of those things I I could have used one line of like you can't communicate. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's the voice. It's supposed to be the voice. The voice. Yeah. And she could be like, I uh, yeah, give me a pen. Pen, thank you. I am really a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel bad for her because she spent all that time with a tail and no legs or anything, and now all of a sudden she's got a period. I know. Yeah, and like a and vagina. Well, and she and stuff. Has to, yeah, and she has to like all for a guy. Not worth it. No. <laughs> it's better to just be sea foam. Well, it'd be, it'd be better just to be a fucking mermaid. Like, just yeah. be a mermaid. Mermaids are fucking awesome. Are you kidding? Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Dodge Cheese Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we'll be discussing Buffy, Season 2, Episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You, wherein we experience a little masterpiece. We do. This is this is one of the most pivotal episodes of Buffy and Angel combined. And it was, it was an episode where... Um, I remember the first time I was I was watching this very distinctly. I had I had enjoyed. I mean, I was watching syndication, um, so it was pretty much. I can't remember what that was at the time. One a day, two a day, something like that. And mm-hmm. I, had, I think I had a TiVo at that point. Um, oh, TiVo! Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yeah, I love TiVo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, TiVo changed the way we watch TV. It did. Um, and so I was, you know, I would watch them where I, I can't, and I can't remember exactly how it how it fell, but I was enjoying Buffy very much, and you know, I knew that Mom liked it, and, and mm-hmm. he liked it. Uh, and I was quietly bu- watching Buffy on the download because I have defiance disorder and could not admit that I was watching Buffy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. and my uh, and my girlfriend at the time wasn't into Buffy. She she worked early, so she was asleep. So I'd watch all these Buffy episodes. Well, no, she wasn't into much at all. She wasn't into me. Um. <laughs> Which is a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I had a lot of time in the evenings to to watch my shows that I enjoyed. And Buffy, of course, was one of them. Uh, I wasn't seriously evaluating it or anything like that. I was just watching it as a fun thing. But I would, uh, my part of my rotation was Buffy, Supernatural, and Charmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, and Charmed, yeah. It's, it's totally fun. If you haven't watched it, it's a super fun show. I came super late to Supernatural, by the way. <laughs> I know. Like, I watched the first episode of Supernatural late. in real time on the actual network. That's how much I was in Supernatural. <sighs> I came to it about season five. Yeah. It was, it was fun to watch at the very beginning. But, yeah. So, uh, so I was just watching along, casually watching Buffy. And uh, I, had, I I was like, this is a pretty good show. And then this episode happened. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is a whole different thing than I have ever seen on television. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and part of it's because the actors brought it, too. Oh, the actors are fantastic. Yeah. The script is tight. Mm-hmm. The script is doing things that I didn't even realize it was doing until I went through it this time. Yeah, it's well, the script is doing things I didn't really know a script could do, and that's funny incredible. coming from a writer. But we are doing things that I just don't think we did up until then, or even maybe haven't done as well since. I haven't seen an episode like this of anything. Supernatural's gotten close mm-hmm. with a couple of things, especially the musical episode of Supernatural. It kind of yeah. reminds me of this, but nothing quite this what evocative. I guess it is. Well, yeah, because this one, so the the Supernatural musical is 
breathtakingly good. Mm -hmm. But they spell it out. They do a lot of spelling out. And this episode leaves a lot of room for the audience to breathe. And, and you can yeah. just watch. You can just watch it. You can just sit uh-huh. back and watch it. Or if you start to feel it, you feel it. Yeah, it's just in your bones. You feel it. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 an incredible work of art. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of folks will watch it and be like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah. And and but once in a while, you'll get people like us who watched it and thought, "Jesus, this yes. is amazing work." It is. Well, and David Boreanaz, this is what put him on the map. Oh yeah, he Which, rocks. Yeah. He rocks it. Well, and this is when Joss Whedon watched his performance mm-hmm. and said, this guy needs his own show. If it wasn't for this episode, we wouldn't have Angel the series. Right. We would have just killed him off and he never would have come back. Yep. Because he was supposed to die for reals at the end of this episode. Or this episode, the series. Season. I'm suddenly English. He was supposed to... <laughs> You're all British. Of... I was all... hey, 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 I've been, I've been um, watching the, 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 the yeah, Top Gear. But... I'm, I'm arranging these matches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So oh, I, um, I, sh- I should say, uh, as always, I am Jen and this is Snart. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm also Michelle. We are the sisters. Tuck it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, so, yes. But yes, we, we adore this episode. Yes, this is a transcendent episode. It is. It is so good. We are. It just occurred to me. You know, you know, we have Illyria. Uh, God King of Beverages, Drinker, drinker of Things. things. Yes. Uh, yes, we are the, the Sisters Tucket, God Kings of ADD, Forgetter of Things. <laughs> forgetters of Things. We are Forgetters of Things, We yes. are Forgetters of Things, yes. It's been, it has been a doozy of a couple weeks. Yeah, both, both of us, are, us have been really, really busy at work. And... Yeah. Well, I, I have a new job, and I'm having to learn all of it. I'm in, like, intensive training. It's like going back to college for eight hours a day of the same subject. Except you get paid. I do get paid. <laughs> And that's good. I appreciate the pay. And it's a great company. I'm very, very, very excited about my job. Um, but as you probably noticed, I missed a, a, one of the weeks, a couple weeks ago, which we promised we wouldn't do. But holy shit balls, guys. Yep. Um, my brain is full and you deserve to have the best edited episodes. And since that's my job, um, I wanted to be able to give it the best attention I could. Right. We don't want to slack so, or anything like that. You know, yeah. we're... Um... We want to give you quality product and not rush through stuff because that would be bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. It's, so it's better would... to delay and and it's also we have to give priority to the things that pay us. Because yeah, <laughs> if we don't have money to pay for the electricity, we can't run our microphones. Yeah, exactly. So we do apologize, but um, but I'm sure you'll bear with us when we while yeah, while Snart so gets it... a spiffy new job. <laughs> it's it's great. I work for one eight hundred contacts now, and it's the most amazing company. I won't wax poetic about it for too long, but. It's just, it's really good, but I am in training. So if we have or are missing a few episodes here and there, you know, we're just catching up. Yep. And, uh, I still have, I still have the blog coming at you. I promise. I still have, um, the remastered episodes of our show coming at you. Uh, just give me a minute. Yes. Uh, life threw me a curveball and it's a really good curveball. And you're getting money for it. I'm getting money for it. And it's actually <laughs> going to give me more money for less time and a more open schedule where I can do more of this stuff. So uh, if you bear with us for a few more weeks, then after that, I'm going to be able to roll out everything that I've been kind of um, life constipated on, if you want to go that way. Uh, chipping away at. Yes, chipping away at. It's <laughs> a better way to put it. It Diplomacy. Feels, yeah. <laughs> feels feels more the other way because it's like Ugh. that's why um, you lie and you say I'm chipping away at it. I suck at lying. <laughs> I'm I'm Buffy with the asbestos. 
<laughs> just straight up. Like I and I'm much more what Cordelia <laughs> like lying. Absolutely, yes, lying, lying. Yes. lie, lie, lie. No, I am. Just, <laughs> it, I can't lie. It's diplomacy. It's not which, lying. It's yeah, diplomacy. Which it kind of cracks me up when when former bosses and things have or or partners or whatever accused me of lying. They're like, "You're lying." I'm like, "How?" You would know. Well, it's sort of like like when Joyce thinks that Buffy lies. Yeah. It like, have you heard Buffy try to lie? She can't lie about her name. Yeah. <laughs> like, she can't get past I'm, the introduction. I'm, I'm Belinda. Belinda person of, <laughs> with hair. See hair? Hair. I'm uh. the Slayer. Have you seen a robot? <laughs> I'm gonna kill a bitch. <laughs> I mean, not kill anybody. No, no. Never. No killing. Buffy would never kill anybody. I know. I was even thinking, I'm like, don't come out at work until everyone gets to know you. No one needs to know. Anything about you is fine. You're a big demisexual. Yeah, I I reached like the second day. All of a sudden, I'm like asexual. Hi. And see, I, see, I think you should say demisexual cool. just so people ask questions. Yeah, but I'm not really. Oh, <laughs> I'm, now I mean, I'm confused because I oh, thought I had okay. it down. I thought I had it down, man. <laughs> I get so. Confused. Let me let me explain this. So okay, I am I am demisexual in that I can experience sexual attraction to somebody under correct circumstances. Yes. But it's only the one. It's kind of like say, someone being gay their entire lives, falling in love with one man, and then calling themselves bi. Yes. It's technically correct, but it's also really not correct, because there's no evidence that it's ever in any other circumstance. It's like Willow has uh, has a sexual relationship with Oz. Yes. But after she's with Tara, we don't have Willow suddenly be like, yeah, I'm bi. Well, because witches, witches are lesbians. Yeah, so she's a big old lesbian. Slayers are bi. <laughs> yes. Um, we must categorize our heroes. Yeah. But so, but, I mean, people ask plenty of questions about the asexuality thing, too. I just find it to be more representative. Of the way that my asexuality represents itself or presents itself, I am more in the category of asexual than demisexual. Uh-huh. If I met somebody new, there's almost like less than a 2% chance of me deciding that they are sexually attractive, regardless of the circumstances. Yeah, I just confused you. All I'm right. confused. It's okay. <laughs> call me call me whatever you will, but I came out at work as asexual. <laughs> and everyone's so funny because later on that day, I was I was toying with my, with my earpiece and I was like, well, this is kind of sexy because it's all curvy and stuff. And one of the girls was like, how would you know? Nice. Yay! See, work you. teasing is the best. Yes. It was great. It was great. And work teasing is awesome. I love well, work teasing. Part of the reason I came out when I did is because I could tell that one of our one of our coworkers kind of was looking around herself and saying, ooh, I think all these people are Mormon and she's gay. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, eh, whatever. So oh, I'm going yeah. to talk about my sister and me and our podcast and how we're both big old queers. And just make yeah. you feel more comfortable because I'll take the rap. Well, and and uh, we and had. and just and I want to say so uh, we're we're starting in a whole new club and it's called the Queer Club. Queer Club, and, <laughs> and because we've noticed that um, the, the, the you know the actual queer community is getting a little exclusive. <clears throat> yeah, and so uh, we we say that um, you can be a part of the Queer Club if you call yourself a queer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you sleep with. It doesn't matter if you seem to be completely straight. If you identify as a queer, you are welcome to the Queer Club. Unfortunately, yep. we are both introverted and won't be doing anything to um you know if- advertise this club. But you call yeah. yourself a queer, you are a member of the Queer Club, and everybody else can fuck off. Honestly, God, <laughs> if you if if one of you guys email me info at diogenesclubpodcast dot com and you are willing to be a moderator 
I'll make the group on Facebook. Totally. Straight up. I just don't want to moderate anything else. Obviously, I'm already underwater with the podcast and everything. Um, So yeah, straight up, if anybody, like, I will, I'll give you a reference for your resume. I'll do whatever you want. Yep. Uh, Because Um, all this, all this bullshit about people not wanting trans folks, uh, all that crap. Yeah, the the whole turf thing and people saying that asexuals don't belong in, under the queer umbrella. Right. Screw that. The more, the more the merrier. Yeah. You call yourself queer, you're a member of the queer club, congratulations. Uh, you can make a membership card and we will sign it or something. Yeah, <laughs> if, if all of us queers got together and started representing It would be everybody. Queer, <laughs> it'd be a lot. And in this political climate, think about how much we could get done. Yeah, we should not be excluding anybody from queer club. We no. will never, if our, our queer club, we will never exclude anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you are 100% straight, if you want to call yourself a queer, Welcome. If you like to wear an Angora sweater from now and now and then and you just decide you want to call yourself queer, that's great. If you don't I mean anyway. If you're a big tough truck driving lumberjack straight guy and you want to call yourself a queer, welcome to the club. You're a lumberjack and you're okay. <laughs> you don't even have to wear women's underwear. You could just be a lumberjack who wants to be that's a true. queer and be part of a club. I thought you were so rugged. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> That's Monty Python, if you don't understand that. Oh, reference. please watch it if you haven't. It's going to be linked. It's, I'm just going to make it up. Right <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're sick of this exclusionary thing. As, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I hate clicks or yes. cliques or whatever. Fuck that. Fuck cliques. Uh, we are making a club everybody can be part of. I'm just too introverted to lead anything. Yeah, so we are currently <laughs> taking basically applications for moderators of a Facebook group. Let us know. Send me your Facebook page. Um, and we do and... not exclude anyone we don't the only thing we exclude i mean if somebody's is, being non-gentlemanly and a dick then you exclude them that's, that's what we exclude that's behavior yeah, we that's exclude, not identification yeah we exclude behavior not identification just like we say that sexuality is orientation not behavior right so Absolutely. you know like just like i'm a big fan of west wing and so is my cat so i watch it a lot um seriously but when Char- <laughs> for real the cat loves uh, west wing. The cat, she, it's weird <laughs> um but yeah there's that there's a scene where this kid is mouthing off to cj the press secretary and charlie young walks past him and turns around and is like oh hell no he says i don't care if you're disrespectful i care if you do it out loud yep so that's where we are and uh oh yeah so netflix yeah no buffy on netflix now yeah no buffy on netflix no buffy or angel on Netflix. Yes. And hopefully we will have to redact this part because they just said, ha, huh, April Fools. Came to their senses. No but Buffy no. or Angel on Netflix. What the fuck is that about? I don't know. Or Firefly. No more Firefly. <sighs> yes. And we me. are recording this a few weeks ahead of time. So if we're wrong, God hope we're wrong. But as of the end but... of March, Netflix is telling us. Yeah. That, that it's, as of April away. 1st, that should never be a date. Nothing no. <laughs> should ever happen on April 1st unless you really want to psych people about it, how, about whether or not you got married. This, this is something that, this is something bad enough that it should happen on Buffy's birthday. Yeah. It's totally fitting. Like some vengeance demon. The fuck? Or losing her virginity and her boyfriend at the same oh, God, time. Yes. Yeah. Like that's the level of this kind of, because, we don't understand because people end up on Netflix in the first place to watch Buffy and Angel and then they find all the other wonderful yeah, content that's totally on Netflix. they totally do because like if you recommend – so if you watch Buffy, you will enjoy – most likely you'll enjoy Supernatural, yep. The Flash, Arrow, yep. uh, any of the Marvel stuff really. Yep. 
So we're getting into like Supergirl and Daredevil. Yeah, it, and Buffy, Buffy and Jessica Angel Jones. are are driving um, people to Netflix's original content. That's exactly what I'm getting at there with the whole Jessica Jones thing. I know. And uh, yeah, so I guess it's something about a contract expired. I haven't had time to read this stuff. Um, but anyway, it sounds like we'll have options. We'll post that in the blog. If it looks like Hulu is a good option. Hulu is a good option. Amazon might be a good option. Um, yeah, we'll we'll keep you guys updated. But we're irritated, just so you know. Yeah. Yep. Irritated. Much irritate, because I like Netflix. Yeah, me too. Like I'm, I'm furrowing right now. I'm, I'm yeah, furrow. we are. We are furrowing. Furrowed. We are increasing we are the wrinkles of furrowed. our foreheads <laughs> in a Klingon type fashion. <laughs> Just for you. Furrowed. Yes. Need some gah. <laughs> gah is lovely. And blood wine. Today is a good day to die. Oops. Today is a good day to drink whiskey. Bourbon. Bourbon. Yes, we're drinking bourbon, bourbon whiskey. Today. We're drinking yes. bourbon, and we would... and it is local. Yeah. Hello. Have we mentioned that Utah is awesome? We have a <laughs> distillery. It's called High West, and it's amazing. Like yes. this is seriously good shit. And High West, if you'd like to send us free product, Hi, we'd High be West. happy to drink it and talk about you more. Call us. <laughs> well, email us info <laughs> at do you think we've prattled on enough? Should I really we think we have. We are it? so far in. All right. <laughs> You're going to have fun editing this shit. <laughs> fun. 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 <laughs> All righty. We open in the bronze. The lovely and talented Angie Hart is treating us to a song. This is the first of three episodes she will appear in, the second being The Freshman, and the third featuring a song she wrote with Joss Whedon being the excellent Conversations with Dead People. Seriously. So fun fact, right? I had no idea. That's cool. amazing. Yeah. Uh, and as always, the lyrics are relevant. We encourage you to look them up. <clears throat> <laughs> we follow Willow's gaze to the balcony where Buffy is nursing a drink by herself. Uh, it looks like she's wearing one girl in all the world black, and too. And it's kind of soft and fluffy, so it's it's a squishy kind of one it's, girl it's in a, all the world. I think a self-soothing one yeah. girl in all the well, world. She's, she has overcome death, mm -hmm. literally. Uh, and any kind of death wish that she may have had. For now. For now. You know, <laughs> Poor Buffy. Well, the, the pain of the first heartbreak, that's a very specific kind of death wish. <laughs> and poor Buffy, it's only going to get worse. Like, yeah. she she thinks she's conquered this one. She has not. This episode will go a long way towards getting yes. towards that. And she it gets worse and thinks, worse and worse. Yeah, she thinks she knows what she is, what's to come. <laughs> but she, she hasn't doesn't. even begun. She hasn't even. No. Oh, Buffy. That's a little call forward, you guys. Oh, Buffy. <laughs> Buffy, start drinking now. <laughs> and don't stop until yeah. season seven. <laughs> yes. And, and yeah, douchebags. Oh, man. You. Yeah, so a douchebag. Uh, he's just, he's, um... Well, her, her contemplative reverie is intruded upon by Ben, some dude who was in her algebra class the previous year. Um, in the list of character traits Buffy should avoid in her prospective dates, she should add dudes named Ben. Um, <laughs> and he's very reminiscent of the Ben. The Ben, yes. Yeah. He is, he's Buffy's, well, yeah. So sadly, um, Buffy is acting like the dumb girl around this dude, uh, saying that she doesn't do math. Although in an earlier episode, I distinctly remember us being very pleased that she had no problems with math at all. Yeah, I I think this is the um, 
please stop talking to me. Banter. I think so too. But she's unfortunately taking the meek girl way through it rather than, dude, I'm just not into it right now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. really cute. I really, but I just can't. Well, she hasn't cued the Slayer yet. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing because like Buffy, don't, don't do it this way. You're the <laughs> Slayer. You're a fucking yeah. badass from hell. Like, but he, he goes on and he's describing the, the classroom and the teacher and revealing that he has her former seat location memorized, which is creepy because it was a year ago. I think we're trying to show that he was just super into her. And it just occurred to me, what if this, this is the bad? What if this, this is Ben? Different actor. Oh, that'd be so weird. What if this is Ben before would, the glory? I wish it was glory. They're like, hey, hey, girl. <laughs> no, we could go shopping. It'd yeah. be great. Buffy and Glory actually would have made a really good couple. Well, yeah. Well, Cordelia and Glory would have made a better couple. <laughs> yes. Yes, they would. But yeah, it's what I just that I had to toy with that in my brain for a minute. Like, what if this is Ben? <laughs> Proto Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sh he flirts. Buffy is. We're showing exactly how um, how not with it Buffy is right mm -hmm. now because this is exactly the floppy little douchebag guy routine goes for the guys that she falls for. Absolutely, like, we've got Owen, we've got Ben, we've got Parker, we've got Riley. <laughs> <laughs> we've got pretty much every dude who yep. tempts her mm -hmm. at all, uh, except for Spike and Angel, who are vampires. Yeah, and well, that's different. But <laughs> Those guys are not very suitable to her. Right. She needs to have a supernatural guy. Or, or Faith. Super, or I'm girl. Gonna, I'm going to stick on my gun, with my guns on that one. That yeah. Faith is the ideal but match. But she's also supernatural. Absolutely. And that's exactly why. Yeah. Buffy has the, to the be only, paired up with someone supernatural. The only supernatural being who is available to Buffy she would be compatible with, who is not dead or a demon, would be a slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. And so, I mean, human guys, it's just never going to work. And Buffy no. will not, Buffy's still going to try, though. <laughs> I mean, if, if this guy just had the stupid, a, like, 90s A-line haircut, he would have been in, like, Flynn, though, right? Right. <laughs> right. You know, and in an alternate universe, Buffy hooks up with, uh, with Sam from Supernatural in the first season where he kind of had the floppy hair. Yeah. And everything is perfect because Buffy is unkillable. <laughs> <laughs> the demon on the ceiling lighting on fire would, and buffy like, oh yeah buffy'd be like oh please what is up with the yellow eyed <laughs> she would see i she, was fucking like, asleep like yo. she'd be she'd be on the ceiling and it would like cut her across the stomach she's like oh please don't really <laughs> i was having a good dream fuck you and she'd like get off the ceiling and kick its ass yeah, like, she'd just be like it'll heal al she'd just stitch it together yeah. she's a slayer i mean just <laughs> i'm just imagining her with like the, the staple gun the like oh yeah absolutely because this is supernatural universe where they do stuff like that and buffy i mean buffy's a slayer if she's yeah. not compromised emotionally she heals in like two mm -hmm. seconds yeah like they wouldn't even have time to get the staples in she'd be, <laughs> be like just hold together <laughs> for give me the duct tape thank you and she yes. put duct tape on and then my, five minutes later she rips it off my cross series uh <laughs> ship is buffy and dean I think they'd be better bros. I think yeah, well, I think I, Buffy I think... and Sam, because Sam is so Buffy's like human That's type. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and, she, and, and I Sam do is ship... like sensitive and sweet, and really Dean and Castiel forever. <laughs> oh yeah, Dean and Castiel, and then Sam and Buffy. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Okay, that works. And then Faith, to... Faith can swing into town and sleep with all of them, and then blaze out again. I need to find that conversation between <laughs> Dean and Buffy that somebody wrote. Oh, you have to post so that. Brilliant. It's okay. so great because because they, they're they're like 
<laughs> they're like shadow selves <laughs> to each other. Yeah, like. they are, and and this uh, this maybe I'll find it and you and I can do like a dramatic. Reenactment. Oh, excellent! That'd be fun. Yes, yes. Can I be Buffy? <laughs> well, of course. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm kind of Dean, but I'll be Buffy. <laughs> you're, you are kind of. Yeah, it gets confusing. It is confusing. <laughs> so uh, Buffy acts like she barely knows what a classroom is, and Buffy. There are a lot more ways to show your obvious and very justified disinterest other than acting dumb. Like punching! Punching is great! Yeah, but Joyce taught her how to act with boys. I know, and that's the problem. Yeah. Um, then, uh, dude tries to ask her to ask him to the Sadie Hawkins dance, and hey, get your patriarchy out of this feminist statement, bitch. Well, we're, we're ramping up for the next episode here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This whole episode, I'll just go ahead and talk about it now so I don't have to talk about it later. This whole episode is setting us up for Go Fish. Absolutely. In a lot of ways. There's and, and okay, and, and Go Fish is given a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But we have found some things in there that are um it's it's not <laughs> it's not the misogynist statement that you think no, it is. We are going to make you love it as much as we do. <laughs> Absolutely. It is masterful. And someday we will make you love beer bad too. Yes, we will. Because that is a family favorite. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't like an episode, you're just not watching it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Just straight up. But so we're starting to devolve the era. We're seeing it with um, with costuming. Mm-hmm. We see Buffy going a little more 60s. We see Willow a little later in like a 70s kind of outfit. We see Buffy um, pop up in the 50s and think, huh. Because yeah. she's not, other than her outfit, she's not out of place because yeah, she lives in place. Mayberry. Yeah. <laughs> and this episode is bringing the past present. Um, and we're using that as, you know, a metaphor also with Angelus because Angelus has an issue mm-hmm. with not really being able to keep up with the times. We saw that in the last episode with him whistling uh, Ode to Joy. Mm-hmm. Like, of all things, he should have been whistling, like, Call Me Maybe or something. Um, <laughs> but he's just not with the times. And and I have this theory that when Jealous stretches... What is a late 90s song? I can't um, remember any of them. Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the perfect thing if he had been up on things. Yes, it would. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> perfect irony song for Angelus. Or, or, um, or how about like uh, the... Oh, gosh. Love, Love Fool? Anything from yes. the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, really, <laughs> would have been perfect. Can you see Angelus in the theater watching that? Oh, yeah. He would have been all about it. That's exactly his thing, like yeah. stalking women and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. He and Drew would have gone at it in the back of that theater. Absolutely. And then while everybody else was like bleeding out, you know. Oh, well, yeah. Or, or if your ship... You know, he and Spike and Drew, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will get to that later. <laughs> Not too long from now. But um, so my theory is that Angelus being in this world because Sunnydale is such a um, quantum mechanical kind of universe. Uh-huh. With We've a hell mouth. This, for with a hell mouth. Yeah. So if anything is different in this web of magic, all the magic starts to work differently. Mm-hmm. Why haven't we had these murders happening any other year? Well, Angelus is here. So yeah. it's starting to well, and create this the Slayer rift. is here. And we yeah. know the Hellmouth gets all kinds of happy when the Slayer's in yes, town. But it didn't happen the last Sadie Hawkins. Right. I think it's a combination. Yeah. It's I think the it's the Slayer plus Angelus, who is a big bad vamp. Imagine what would happen if Darla was still around. Holy shit. Like, just move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that, if just that convergence of those yeah. three was there. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, I think it's absolutely true because the one of the biggest, baddest vamps ever, and the the loss of Angel's soul has, of mm-hmm. course, fucked everything up. Plus, the Slayer makes the Hellmouth extremely excited. Yeah, yeah, it's I I think absolutely, and so and it's, um, it's stirring the pot, but it's also creating this time rift where we're actually kind of sliding back and forth in the values of the times. And so I, we're yeah. we're getting these different moralities. Like in Go Fish, we're gonna have a straight up, um, twisted. 60s-ish, 50s-ish kind of mentality. Yeah, that Buffy has to sort of, well, swim through, uh, if you want to use a metaphor from the... <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly. Um, uh. <laughs> that that she has to navigate and mm-hmm. uh, come out on the other side and, and with her, you know, um, late 90s sensibility. Yeah. Well, because we... And we take that morality and we move it forward and we give it to these modern... Right. These modern people, and so we have a different take on it. We'll get that. I mean, we'll and we'll we see it, it. We'll see it when Faith shows up. Faith shows up with a very, very normal and healthy sexuality, mm-hmm. and everybody thinks that she's so strange. Yeah. Um, because for some reason, all these teenagers are virgins. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Buffy, well. who only had sex once and got slapped down for it. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's a very fifties kind of a it is a, a thing that's going on. And the presence of Angelus is is making this timeline start to get really squishy. Mm-hmm. So I think up until when Angelus Alice uh, goes away. We are just in a squishy time zone. And then the very next episode, we have Buffy playing with time. You know, she gets sent into another dimension where time moves differently. Right. And I that kind of um well, there's a lot. There's a lot in that one. I'm gonna leave it where it is. And it's gonna um, be fun. This could be a good episode. <laughs> um so we're just we're we're heavy on the metaphor here. We're heavy on the way that this universe works. And this episode from the very beginning starts to move us into, like, just even breaking up the Sadie Hawkins dance. Mm-hmm. Like, how 50s can you get, yep. man? And, and then this and guy trying to still be misogynistic about yeah, it. Yeah, and we're we're kind of getting a rubber band kind of thing. We're going to stretch way back into the 50s and we're going to start to sort of move through to get to, to more modern days. And it'll rubber band back and forth quite a bit. Yes. Especially, let's say, Vangel happens to show up again <laughs> everything will end if that might happen yeah and uh you know Wouldn't and, that and be funny? we'll see a little bit of buffy getting dragged back to that time again mm-hmm. with the presence of angel we've yeah. seen it already where buffy the nature of her and angel's relationship tends to damsel her and mm-hmm. make her weaker and make him weaker at the same time and kind of drag them back to the 50s thing yeah um so there's there's something and it it kind of that rift opens up with angelus yeah and when um, both when both angelus and angel are gone Buffy sort of moves through this space to a more modern time. And then if one or both of them come back, she rubber bands back to the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And in, in the next episode, we get to see her play with power in that episode. Or in that circumstance. Yeah. Um, we will make you guys love this episode. Yes, we will. But <laughs> this one, back to the one we're in. Um, so... So yeah, so he's he's injecting some patriarchy into the Sadie Hawkins feminist statement. He is, yeah. And yeah. Buffy's kind of like, really? Yeah, and and I, I wish that Buffy would give him the Slayer hello, because um, <laughs> this kind of calls from some face punching, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I mean, just come I up and so. act charming, and then if she wants to invite you, she'll invite you. Don't try to ask her to ask you. That's that totally defeats the purpose of this whole thing. Yeah. And, but Buffy, though. Is not offended, though she should be, Buffy. Uh, he realizes that she's not so keen on going to the dance and starts backing off, but she tells him that he seems like a really great guy. Buffy, is- bleeding, tragic, yeah. taste in men. But also, <laughs> flipping the gender tables already in this episode. Oh, man. Where it's like, you seem like a really nice girl, but because mm-hmm. we don't say that to guys. That's not something girls say. Well, Buffy's always going to be the dude in she- the relationship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
What well, and how? Yeah, I mean, Buffy has been the dude before. She walks Angel home to make sure he gets there. Oh, okay, yeah. no, no, no. so she has this like it's. It, it, so in reality, the 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 girl is asking the guy out on the date. Yes, in this circumstance, and he does but, seem okay. He's, he seems surface. like a fine dude, he but seems he's sweet. He's obviously had a crush on her for but a really long time. But he's got this undercurrent of he is the kind of dude that Buffy should not be with. Yeah. Because Buffy is a badass. And she's in badass black and she knows that. And so right. she's like, no. Right. And I, I wish I wish she could do it without acting like she's the dumb girl who doesn't know math. But good on you, Buffy. You yeah. got rid of him. And, and also <laughs> flipping back to those days when girls weren't supposed to be good at that kind of stuff. Right. You know, we're seeing that. That's definitely it's, It is the 50s, 50s creeping in. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Um. So, of course, uh, she says, you know, that uh, it, it's not him, it's her, and how she <laughs> she isn't dating anyone, you know, ever again. And after seeing the whole series, that probably would have been the way to go. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Uh, he leaves, finally, and she mutters how she's sorry. And Buffy, don't be sorry. Uh, Buffy goes down the stairs on, and on her way out and runs into Willow, who has been kind of stalking her during this whole thing uh she tells willow she's going to drop by the library and ask giles if he needs her to patrol before she goes home willow comments on how buffy has been all work and no play lately and yeah willow seriously buffy has some shit going on in case you haven't noticed buffy tells her that she's having just oodles of fun or something willow says that buffy came she saw she rejected and buffy tell uh, and tells buffy that she needs to date and now i'm wishing buffy would give willow the slayer hello because this isn't cool at all well, and on the metaphorical level though the spirit's like no you should open your heart it's the peppy Yay. little spirit man it is and she is how closeted is that is that sweater Ooh. that is a fluffy mm. like rainbow sweater. girl just mm-hmm. come out we'll we'll be getting a Ooh. a signal a signal of that later in the episode oh yeah <laughs> and behind buffy during this whole conversation is a pamphlet in like one of those little turny <laughs> things that you see in college um and it says the destroyer the destroyer <laughs> Because she is. She's a slayer, man. She destroys everything. Buffy well, destroys fucking everything, as yes. we have mentioned. And that she, it's okay for her to just leave a town. She's seeing it, it in the way that she t- destroys everything she touches. Absolutely. It's a little signal. that, And that's and that's what Buffy's going to be dealing with in this episode. She blames herself for Angel yeah. losing his soul. Well, it's like, and this guy that she, you know, on a surface, you know, this guy asked her out and she's like, I, I'm going to mm-hmm. destroy you if I touch you. Yep. You know, like we just, we, and we make it explicit at the beginning of the episode that Buffy's rejecting romance. It's not that she needs to find someone new. She's just straight up like, uh-uh. Well, and, and the little, the destroyer is right above her, kind of to the side of her head, like a thought bubble. Like, yeah. she's thinking, I am the destroyer. Yeah. I am become Slayer, destroyer of worlds. That's I, who she thinks she is. Yeah. Speaking of, of 90s hits, I have the informer stuck in my head right now. Nice. <laughs> it's a good song. But, I mean, and to, to, um, I mean, I know Willow's the fluffy little spirit and everything, but Buffy's boyfriend, as far as she knows at this point in the show, is dead. And an evil thing that's wearing his face just killed her friend and Giles' girlfriend and Willow just stop. Like, not right now. And Buffy says she isn't ready for dating and Willow tells her she's thinking too much and she needs to try to be impulsive. See, like, she should try impulsively punching her peppy little spirit in the face, is what I'm thinking. Yes. Uh, Buffy reminds Willow that the last time she was impulsive... Okay, actually, I- I'm just going to read what Buffy says, because um, she says it way better than I can. And thank <laughs> God she ju- isn't just telling everybody she's fine. Uh, impulsive? 
do you remember my ex-boyfriend, the vampire? I slept with him. He lost his soul. And uh, now my boyfriend's gone forever. And the demon that wears his face is killing my friends. The next impulsive decision I make will involve my choice of dentures. Excellent work, Buffy. (laughs) Good for you. I can't even tell you how happy I am that Buffy is letting things (laughs) out a little bit. Well, And it speaks to just how how much pain she's in. So much that it's overflowing out of her mouth. We won't see this Buffy again. Until Mm -hmm. season seven. Yeah. Buffy really does not give up information about herself to anyone. No. Ever. She won't. As much as some other characters will beg her to. Like, Faith begs her Mm -hmm. to let it out. But Buffy just can't do it. She cannot do it. And And we see what the people around her do when she does let the emotions out. And that is not respond well. And 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 it's so unfortunate because she's been set up this way by her other friends this whole time. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody actually shows up, so when Faith actually shows up and can understand and wants to bond and wants to talk about this stuff, Buffy just can't do it because her friends have acted so poorly. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, that, and that is a tragedy. It is. But there's also another thing about her opening up to Faith. Maybe we should save this, but um, Faith might die. Kendra died. Exactly. You know, so the idea you can't and, and, and that, I mean she I, opened I'm, up to Angel, Angel died. Well and I and I think that that's a big reason why uh I mean, aside from production coding and aside from how nineties the nineties television universe was where you I mean Willow and Tara were the first lesbian relationship that was really on US uh network TV. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have Buffy and Faith be the first lesbian relationship or no. the first bisexual same sex relationship, which is what it would have been, uh on network TV in the United States because you had to pretend they wouldn't be having sex all the time. <laughs> and yeah. those two would have been tearing it up all the time. But yeah. so that we couldn't like have that worse relationship. Than, worse than Buffy and Spike. Ooh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, buildings? Oh, please. Like they would have torn up. Like Sunnydale would have just been destroyed a long time before that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but so they, so they couldn't have that relationship um, up front on TV. So yeah, they had to construct a way so that Buffy was attracted to Faith, but couldn't do anything about it. because, And that's exactly it. She mm-hmm. is afraid that Faith is going to die. She can't let herself... She can't open herself up emotionally to Faith because she thinks she's going to die. Yeah. She, little did she know, Faith is fucking indestructible. And, well, and this, <laughs> this everything I touch gets destroyed mentality that the she has here. The Destroyer, that... This sets the tone for the rest of Buffy. For and, the rest of Buffy's life, I would yeah, imagine. The, yeah. Past the everything, series. Yeah. Everything she touches. And... and that works to her advantage when it comes to slaying, because if you touch a vampire, it dusts. Yeah. If you touch a hellmouth, it collapses. Oh, actually, I'm going to take that back until the very last episode when okay. she does open, when she actually does open up to faith finally. Oh, yeah, that's true. So yeah. we, we have some reconciliation that happens later. And, and it, and they, they use faith character. I mean, we talk about faith a lot. Mostly, mm-hmm. I mean, partly because of me, because I'm, I'm trying to convince everybody that this was a big relationship that almost happened. Uh, and, <laughs> and because I'm, and pointing out all the production coding that people haven't seen for all this time. But mm-hmm. a lot of the reason we talk about faith is that she is so important to show us what's going on with Buffy. Yeah. And to and, show us an alternate Slayer reality. Absolutely. And, and we, and we can see how Buffy progresses through the show and how, and who she becomes through Faith and through interactions mm-hmm. with Faith. There's a reason why Faith shows up in the last season. Yeah. Well, it's Faith, to show how Buffy has not changed and eventually completely changes yeah. and, and becomes a Faith complete person. And Spike. Absolutely. Because she, she practices this opening up with Spike. Right. And, and then she finally is able to with Faith. Yeah. Her other half. Yeah. So the, she, the, she's able to open up to her, like the demon counterpart and then her other half. And it's, that's going to be fun to talk about. Absolutely. Um, but it, but right now, I mean, we can see, 
we can see this happening. Buffy mm-hmm. has opened up a little bit to Willow, and Willow is still happy, bouncy spirit and doesn't hear her and doesn't understand. Yeah. And Buffy, of course, is going to take that lesson and just not open up. And we're going to see this more explicitly in another scene with the way the blocking is done mm-hmm. brilliantly, and I'm going to wax poetic about that then. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and uh, as we've... As we've highlighted, here we go. Willow makes one of the understatements of the previous century when she says <laughs> that the angel thing went badly. Yes, and the Nazis were terrible neighbors. Um, <laughs> well, that's and that's my understatement. But, um, <laughs> but really, and I she, know. But Willow it's does still refer funny. to the final solution later in this episode. She though, does. Say, no, you are you are not pulling that out of nowhere. I am not. Uh, but, like, um. But yeah, I mean, the angel thing went badly. This is why Buffy doesn't open up to her friends. This is why she doesn't open up to Faith when she shows up and begs mm-hmm. her to. Because her friends just knock this stuff down. They minimize what Buffy is really feeling. Oh, yeah. And uh, her it, mind it, isn't here. We're in the bronze instead right. of in the library or in the school. Well, her heart's her, gone. Her, her, yeah. her mind's gone. Her just... heart's busy. Her spirit's in a, in a relationship with a demonic, sometimes potentially evil thing. <laughs> right. Um, and her mind is grieving. Right. So all we have left is Slayer in bronze. The Destroyer. The Destroyer. And also <laughs> bronze, bronze, armor, Greek armor, the mm-hmm. bronze is the... Anyway. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so she's got her armor on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. her spirit is just not helping matters in any way at all. Nope. Like, oh, what? You don't minimize. Yay! Oh, the angel thing went badly. Whatever. I mean, sadly, as much as, as much as we all love Willow, because Willow is such an easily lovable character. Absolutely. She is never helpful. No. Willow is just like guns in the Buffyverse. <laughs> Theoretically good, but these things, never helpful. Right. And don't get us wrong. We adore Willow. Yes. And she has an amazing arc and she does mm-hmm. some incredible things. And her character just kills me. Yes. But she's not a helpful character. And there will be little hints later in this episode that that's the way it's going to go. And mm-hmm. it's pretty brilliant. And I love it. <laughs> Uh, Willow tells Buffy that none of this was her fault, and Willow is finally making sense, but then she gets a little smile and tells Buffy that love can be nice, and we see, once again, that Willow is that friend who gets a boyfriend and then thinks no one can possibly be happy without one. I have a I have a friend who is non-binary, mm-hmm. and she says something that I feel like is accurate here. Why sis gotta be like that, yo? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with being single. You can be single and happy. Yeah. You don't need a significant other to have a meaningful no. life. And you don't have all. to follow the heteronormative narrative. <laughs> right. You don't have to be married to the person you're with to be happy. It's true. I've been with Alex for 16 years now. Yes. And we are not married, and we don't have plans to be so. Right, exactly. Because you're together because you want to be, not because you have to be. And we are very, very happy. And people say, (laughs) I won't change anything. I'm like, but it might. (laughs) And if it does, I love him too much to change anything. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, don't fix what ain't broken, you know? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, you know, like if someone needed insurance or whatever, maybe. But anyway, off track. But you qualify for common law right now. We do, yes. We have to sign all that affidavit shit yeah stuff but yeah. i mean but common yeah. law is just as binding as an actual marriage so mm-hmm. for heterosexuals so yeah. uh yeah you're set <sighs> heteronormative <laughs> <laughs> whatever so uh luckily 
the show actually agrees with us and will provide us with a counterpoint via irony cut. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it we, is such a good idea. It's so cut. great. And we see a couple having a fight in the school hallway. <laughs> and she's wearing red, so you know there's something up. Yeah, there's something up with this gal. Yes, we're not going to do this again, but this is just a mislead. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mislead red. It Yes. For and the circumstance. The show skillfully using costume to mislead us in the way that the show itself is going to be misleading us until the very, very end. It's yes. brilliant work. So <laughs> yes. Uh, the guy grabs his girlfriend's arm, telling her they're not finished. They continue arguing. He tells her that a person doesn't just wake up one day and stop loving somebody. He pulls a revolver, points it at her chest, and declares that love is forever. Before he can pull the trigger, though, Buffy stops, uh, spots them and yells at him. Uh, the girl turns and starts running away, and he yells, Don't walk away from me, bitch. And I have to say, the way they turn that line at the end of the episode gives me chills every single time. Yes. Of the millions of times I've watched this episode, <laughs> yeah. it and still then, does And it. when you go back and you hear this dialogue again, knowing it in context, it just oh, hits yeah. you again. Uh-huh. So good. <laughs> uh, Buffy lays down some Slayer justice on him as a nearby <laughs> ill-fated janitor goes to help the girl. The kid is completely confused now, asking what happened, and Buffy lays into him, saying he just went OJ on his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Still funny how many years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he seems to remember the whole thing, but can't understand why he got so out of control. Buffy suggests that it might have something to do with his being a jerk, but even his girlfriend says he isn't, and that they... That they weren't even fighting, and then suddenly things got very scary. Buffy asks where the gun came from, and the kid says he doesn't know. In fact, as the janitor points out, there isn't any gun at all. The next day, Snyder, Snyder, yay, <laughs> we've missed your Weasley little Ferengi self. And uh, another fun fact, he actually was playing Quark and Snyder at the same time. Seriously. Uh-huh. So there was a great deal of cooperation and schedule juggling between the two shows. Oh my gosh, that's that makes me love it even more. Isn't that great? Yeah. And it must have been nice for him to be able to act without all the makeup on. Oh, yeah. I can move my face. Yeah. <laughs> but the delivery is so good. Like, how he can get through some of these lines without oh, busting. Oh, he's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Give Armin Shimmerman any line ever and he'll rock it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Buffy has, uh, he, he has dragged Buffy into his office, not to thank her, as she hopefully suggests, but for inciting mayhem, mayhem, chaos, and disorder. And Ethan isn't even in town. <laughs> Impressive, Buffy. Uh, that Mark of Igon must have left it. Mark. <laughs> oh, Igon. Yes, indeed. From the Department of Redundancy Department, the Mark of Igon has left a Mark of Igon. <laughs> Buffy points out how she prevented a murder and how she has witnesses to her prevention of a murder. But Snyder is a bit uh, of a cons- conspiracy theorist since seeing JFK, so he isn't buying it. <laughs> like many conspiracy theorists, he declares that he's going to take all the evidence, consider it carefully, and then twist everything to match his own theory, which is that Buffy uh, has caused everything that is wrong with the world. Of course. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Buffy is saved uh, more of this by Snyder's assistant, who buzzes in to tell him that Billy Crandall has chained himself to the vending machine. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Snyder mutters about the pathetic little no-life vegan. (laughs) He goes to take care of Billy and Buffy tries to escape, but he stops her and tells her, you stink of lies, and makes her sit down and wait for him to come back. (laughs) The look on her face, like she has, she's working some great facial expressions. (laughs) Buffy in this whole episode is just like a collection of 
what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's got the Slayer on. Yeah. The, the Give Zero Fucks Buffy is in full effect in this yeah, episode. That, that switch got flipped back at the end of the last episode. And so it's just, she's not bothered to turn it off yet. No. And I don't think she will through the next episode either. And I so adore Give Zero Fucks Buffy. But <laughs> she's, she's just looking up at him with like, really? really? I just, ugh. So if you contrast this with back in uh, School Hard Buffy. She, yes. She's so eager to please. Yeah. And she wants, the, and she's trying to lie and she can't lie and she's trying to make everything all yeah, and good. And oh, she's just like, just ask me about vampires, bitch. Yeah, exactly. I'm the slayer. Ask me how. <laughs> she is totally. She wants to wear this shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, um, you stink of lies is, is a line I've stolen from this show and uh, have told to one of my cats at least once a month for the last <laughs> decade or so. <laughs> That's how much I love Armin oh, Shimmerman. That's funny. Is it Nigel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is Nigel. <laughs> so uh, so Buffy waits. Before she can become a bored slayer and start fucking with shit, though, a Sunnydale high, high yearbook from 1955 slides out of Snyder's bookcase and falls to the floor with a thump. Uh, Buffy picks it up, gives it the slayer glare, and puts it back in its place <laughs> on the shelf. <laughs> I don't have time for your I bullshit. I can't even with you right now, book. <laughs> uh, well, and it has, it's, it's white with red, so we know it's significant. Well, it's got, Sunnydale is just dangerous. All the oh, yeah. Sunnydale High is just all red all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, their school colors are red and yellow. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, it's just like Highland High is like jail colors. You know, yes. Our, our very own high school. Yes. <laughs> Built where the prison was. Yep. Black and white are True the colors. True story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm still going to write a blog post about that. I'm going to call it The Making of the Hellmouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does have a school seal. Yes. Well, and and uh, fun little fact: the Boy Scouts were vying for that territory. Oh. They were trying to to buy that part of the park. I think hmm. there's not a lot of records about it, but yeah, the Boy Scouts are trying to get that part of the the, the old prison park area. Interesting. Yeah, because they want the Hellmouth. I was just thinking the mayor. They want to play mini golf. <laughs> Oh, Willow is still teaching Jenny Calendar's class. She tells a nerdy joke and everyone laughs, so kudos, Willow. Uh, right behind her on the blackboard is written the name Tara. By the way. That's so cool. Tara. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Giles comes in and Willow shares her delight at landing a nerd joke, as one does. He's supportive in his adorable, good show, British way. <laughs> Even though it went way over his head. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, whatever. Mm, yeah. Good, good, good. Excellent. Yes. Doesn't smell, don't care. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he says that he stopped by to see if she needed any help with the class, since she has no teaching experience or accreditation. Um, our mom works in education. And ooh, boy, these fuck- folks are lucky that they're living on Hellmouth or there would be some real hell to pay for this situation. Yeah, this is dicey. <laughs> this is bad. But I imagine there at this point, the teacher count uh, up to this point in the episode is five, at least. Oh, man, I don't even remember. Well, Miss Miller survived, so that's, that's good. That's true, Miss Miller. But, but, but still, if you add in teachers who have been almost killed, it's a lot of teachers. It's a lot of teachers. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so the teacher death rate, higher percentage than the student death rate because fewer teachers. So I imagine... Maybe you could make an exception for the fact that you can't even find somebody to come and teach at your school anymore. I'm still going to say they need a union. These yeah. teachers need a union. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Willow and Giles ag- agree with each other, though, that she's got it covered. Uh, Willow gives the credit to Jenny's lesson plans. Aww. Oh. Willow says uh, she found them on Jenny's computer, and I'm guessing that means Jenny had them saved on the official school network drive, since her hard drive had a bit of a vampire-related fire problem. 
<laughs> it makes sense, though, why Jenny was so careful to make a disc copy of her translation of Angel's soul restoration spell, since she couldn't save that on her school network. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, how artfully are we reminding everybody about Jenny? Oh, beautifully. Yes. Yeah, like it, she is there. And reminding, feel her presence. And reminding us of Giles's grief. Yeah. That is ongoing. Because that was, we kind of put that off to the side in the last episode, giving mm-hmm. us a, it was kind of a fun episode. We were processing and, Buffy's Well, and Giles grief. was the one in the last episode who reminded us of that Buffy probably was not feeling well because she felt so guilty. About oh, yeah. And it, it's it's sort of the uh, the Buffy equivalent of the bargaining episode later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, where she's resurrecting herself. Yes. Like she's, it's a Buffy resurrection story. So she, she died three times, we could say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows how many times by the time we get to the end of this. Yeah, but she she definitely goes into the underworld and brings herself back. And so we have to deal with Buffy's side of things because it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And if the Slayer isn't present, then we don't have a show. Right. As we see. Um, <laughs> so we have to deal with her. But now this episode is dealing with Buffy's actual grief, the mm-hmm. Angelus's grief. In a way. I have insight. Into does he this. feel grief? I don't think he does. Give me a minute. Excellent. Okay. Give me a minute. <laughs> you have stuff at the end. I have stuff at the end. <laughs> um, so we have that going on. And then Giles is so checked out. We have to deal with that. And we're mm-hmm. dealing with it big time in this episode. And he's having a mini arc behind the scenes, the way Giles does, mm-hmm. of realizing that Jenny's not going to come back. Yeah, it is his bargaining. Yeah. And acceptance. This is Giles going through it in the background very, yeah. very subtly. And part of the reason the Slayer is front and center instead of her mind being able to mediate between her and all mm-hmm. of her parts. And, uh, and and poor Giles, I mean, he, he never fully recovers from Jenny's death. He does not. He never does. No. She was his person. Yeah. And yeah. he lost a friend. Too. He lost Angelus, who was one of his Oh yeah, Angel was his buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. So they were friends, and uh, this is where we arc Giles out of... We begin to arc Giles out of his uh, place as one Greek god and into another. Oh, fun. Coming to a block near you. I promise <laughs> I promise it'll happen. It'll happen. It's more important that you focus on stuff that makes you paid money. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this, this job is really freaking rad, you guys. There's a gym on site, and I get free personal training, and I need this so, job. Yes, you want to keep this, this job. <laughs> So we love the podcast, but it is our hobby. Yeah. yeah. So it it'll it will happen. I have all these things outlined. I just need to write them. Um, but yes, we are taking him out of one Greek god. It will be passed on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. We might get someone new soon. Mm-hmm. Two new people coming in soon. Indeed. Um, and after we get those new people, we get to start investigating different Greek myths. Excellent. Yes. So Giles says, sadly, that Jenny was dedicated. Yeah, you guys don't even know, because I've been thinking about this, and Jenny didn't even try to trade the translation she had on the floppy disk for her life. She, oh. it, it would have been a long shot, but she certainly could have said there's another copy, and Ellen Angelus would have known she was telling the truth, mm-hmm. because she would have been, uh, and led him on a wild goose chase to buy time or something to try to save herself. But she didn't even suggest that because she didn't want him to suspect there was another copy anywhere. She wanted them to find it so they could save Angel. Wow. That's heavy. Yeah. That's really heavy. She could have bargained with that thing. Yeah, she could have. I mean, she she couldn't have let him know where it was because he would just would have grabbed it. But mm-hmm. she absolutely could have yeah. said, I've got another copy somewhere. Will you yeah, spare it's, me? It's over here in this weird castle thing that we keep forgetting I mean, exists. She could have grabbed that and, and run and tossed it in one direction, run the other. You know, mm-hmm. there are any number of things that she could have done. But yeah. no, she, it wasn't even an option for her because she wanted that spell saved. 
Wow. Um, she got, I mean, she got Angelus out of that room as fast as she could be- before he could start thinking or, you know, reading all the signs that she has up about data backups. <laughs> <laughs> that know? still exists. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he had just spent two more minutes in that room, he probably would have figured out she made a backup. Yeah. Because he's, pre- I mean, Angel was computer savvy. So mm-hmm. Angelus is computer savvy. Yeah. It just takes a minute to filter through that uh-huh. time warp. Right. And, yeah. but no, Jenny is a damned hero. And the show told us that in big letters and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Willow says she found a bunch of information about being a neo-pagan. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, in a, this is a, this is a road for Willow that yeah. she's, that she's going to be going on. Um, yeah, so she, she wants to be a techno-pagan now. And so that's, that's a thing that she's going to do there. And, uh, Giles is not very enthusiastic about the, Technopagan plan. Uh, she does, though, give him a rose quartz from Jenny's desk. Jenny told her that it had healing powers, and Giles definitely could use some of those right now. Giles is clearly moved, and uh, thanks Willow very sincerely. And yeah, I, I get a little choked up, because he's been stiff upper lipping his way through this, but this and some of the rest of the episode will show us how much pain he's in. Uh, we see behind Willow that um, that the reason Tara is written on the board is because some students have gotten detention. Giving out detention, we'll recall, was something that Willow told Jenny she was excited about. And uh, <laughs> and we can see that she's launched right into that. So right after Willow was telling Giles that she's going to start studying techno-paganism, this is a little warning about Willow. Mm. Power corrupts. In fact, Tara here has been given two detentions, suffering Willow's power twice. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy <laughs> I love this I show. need more whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> bourbon. Sorry, I it's need all, more it's bourbon. It's all right. We have no bourbon. We both have T-Rex arms. And we can't reach it. <laughs> 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 I have a big head and little arms. <laughs> Yay. It should be our opening sound from now it's, on. Oh my god, it totally should. Oh my god, yes. Yes. I'm, I'm doing the remaster. I could go through and just make that our beginning noise. Every time. That'd be awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> just get here and get a whole bunch of samples. Yeah, just the different kinds of opening and pouring. <laughs> so, uh, uh-oh. Guess who's in history class? <laughs> yep. This, this slayer is dozing <laughs> off, too. This is never good. And Buffy, it's the New Deal. Twice now, the stuff you've been learning in history directly relates to what's going on in the vampire world. And this is about how the New Deal was formed to try to avert another disaster. Buffy. Like maybe making a deal you thought with someone you never thought uh, you would to stop the apocalypse. Someone blonde and British and a vampire. Would you stop making my head explode? <laughs> well, oh and, my god! Well, and Buffy's not listening to me because the Slayer is bored. <laughs> <laughs> I never even put that. I never even put that together. This is why there's two of us. I'm telling you, the stuff that happens in history class is very relevant. It is well, and there's a reason she has a problem with history, right? Like we have yep. to emphasize that because because well, she's blind to what's going on with 
well with the the shadow people that <laughs> you know the shadow mm-hmm. couple that that's in um it's in the vampire world and stuff that goes in the vampire world in general she doesn't know what's going on there yeah. so i mean in the, the first time let's see the first time was when we were learning about the civil war when there was a vampire civil war going on mm-hmm. with the master and darla and angel uh the second time we were learning about uh marie antoinette and all that kind of jazz um <laughs> when when we she learned let them have cake <laughs> exactly <laughs> where we learned that perhaps spike is a weak king can, who can be easily deposed and he has been yeah and now the new deal with spike this is heavy man <laughs> so uh buffy dozes off and she's in ye old history class uh, from the style of dress, it is clearly the 50s, so the visuals on the show are matching up with the stifling morality that we see on a normal day in, in more modern <laughs> Sunnydale. The uh, the now female teacher is reminding the class that their papers are due on Friday. Buffy's got the huh look, because <laughs> <laughs> but the Slayers are like, pretty chill just about... Just how much did I not <laughs> Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, you know, and Slayers are pretty chill about the time-traveling dreaming stuff. Um, it looks like they've been learning about the Minutemen, which... That's what Buffy and her friends do, but with supernatural stuff. Hmm. Yeah, they are the Minutemen. Again, well, uh, <laughs> I need to have a lie down. The show, it is deep. So much. Like, just, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the class has vacated except for Buffy, uh, Ms. Newman, the teacher, and James, a student. James hands in an assignment and Ms. Newman thanks him. She asks how he is enjoying the book she gave him. Good Lord, she loaned him Hemingway. Oh no! <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, and uh, they're both wearing. She's wearing pink, and he's wearing red. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we know to pay attention to that. <laughs> for some reason, we do. And the Slayer, it should be noticed, is no longer bored. Buffy, <laughs> <laughs> Buffy is sitting at full attention and taking in everything. She's had a lot of experience from her Slayer dreams, and she's all over this. Uh, by her expression, she's already figured out what's going on here. It's all in the eyebrows with our Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the rocket launcher eyebrow? Say, rocket yes. launcher. Hello, rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yes, whatever. Hello. It's just like like Angel. You have to watch the corners of his mouth. Yes, and when face shows up, watch the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like Buffy's all in the eyes and the eyebrows. Yeah. Angel's all in the corners of the mouth. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> And Spike is the whole face. Yeah, it's, it's he's the the everything. He yes, comes, he Spike comes from the Charlie Chaplin Absolutely. school of acting, also mm-hmm. the Johnny Depp school of acting, <laughs> yes. where it's just the, from from tips of the hair mm-hmm. to tips of the toes is character. Absolutely, and we'll see that later <laughs> in this episode in a big way. Yes, uh, James says he really liked the book. Yeah, I'll bet. He talks about how honest the book is and goes for a bit of hand-holding. Buffy's exp- expression goes from hmm to uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Newman tells uh, him the book is based on a true story, so I'm betting this is a farewell to arms. It could also be a son also rises, except that she starts to tell him that the protagonist fell in love with his... Yeah, a farewell to arms is a story about a young <laughs> ambulance driver in World War One who falls in love with an older nurse, and it doesn't end well, like, at all. So, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. If you're watching, you can start drawing direct parallels between Buffy and Angel right fucking Absolutely now. you can. Yes. And does Angel <laughs> give Buffy a book later? Yes, he does. He sure does. <laughs> uh, Buffy's going to blame James later for all this, but that's her own projection. This part, more than anything we learn in the episode, shows how much Ms. Newman seduced James and how inappropriate this was. 
and their age difference isn't even on the same continent as Buffy and Angel's. You know, they they might as well put the Cthulhu playing piano Zodiac chart in the scene because it's telling us <laughs> that Buffy and Angel are never going to work as mm-hmm. much as we would love it if they did. Oh, another fun fact. In real life, uh, Hemingway's nurse dumped him for another guy, <laughs> which <laughs> may or may not have caused him to flee his subsequent relationships before, before he could get hurt again. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 Buffy Buffy should really take notes in history class is what I'm yes. saying. Uh, I'm sure Faith's sanity would appreciate that very much. <laughs> wow. Uh, someone opens the door and interrupts James and Ms. Newman and also Buffy, who snaps awake in her actual history class. The teacher is talking about collective bargaining, but Buffy's expression tells us that something else is going on. Indeed, he has written, don't walk away from me, bitch, on the board. The students, as we all would have been if this had happened in high school, are absolutely delighted. (laughs) (laughs) If it was right now, all the cameras would come out. All the cell phones with all the cameras. Look what happened at school. (laughs) It was so much easier to be a teenager and a teacher in the 90s, can I just say? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You only had to watch out for those fucking yearbook nerds. Hey. (laughs) I I have a shit-eating grin on I resembled that remark. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was the easiest way to get vocational you credit. <laughs> you guys were creepy as fuck. Turn around like that. I mean, yay. Because if I don't give you a better photo, that one's going in the yearbook. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I was in there, so I could have editorial. Uh, That's you know. smart. You, you ended up with a good photo in the yearbook. Because I have veto power. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got all the ones with my hair over my head and the cousin it thing with the sunglasses. Mm. Yeah. I used yeah. to have really long hair. Yeah. Anyway. Veto power was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Buffy heard the kid who was trying to shoot his girlfriend say that exact same thing. And now the Slayer has 20 kinds of the Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> In the hall, she briefs Xander. He asks if something weird is going on is perhaps the school motto at this point, And he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Stole your line. <laughs> Boom, Xander. <laughs> I like that. Buffy is opening up to Xander more. He's second in command. He is becoming second he is in command. He's totally second in command. Mm-hmm. And on the metaphoric level, she's relying on her heart more, Absolutely. Which is, you know, she's understanding that her Slayer heart is the most in tune with her. Yes, absolutely. Which is nice. It's nice to see her actually working mm-hmm. together with something. And the more, and Xander's great because the more responsibility you give him, the more he steps up. Oh, totally. He's yeah, fantastic. He's just been waiting for this. Yes. Like he yes. has been his whole life kind of just sitting around hoping someone gives him a real chance. Mm-hmm. And Buffy does. And he steps up. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Xander sums this all up as nothing to be worried about until he opens his locker and a hand darts out and grabs him (laughs) by the throat. Uh, Buffy's already in slayer mode because (laughs) you can watch her take a small step back, calmly evaluate the situation, and free Xander with one hand while slamming the locker door with the other. (laughs) (laughs) She's so chill. You're watching Xander. I know you're watching Xander because it's easy to watch the movement, but watch Buffy. She's so she so gives zero fucks Buffy about <laughs> yeah, this whole thing. Is. And if you watch all the students, they're just kind of like, huh. Oh, I know. It's great. She she kind of looks around at the assembled crowd like, hey, y'all, Slayer business. And they <laughs> and they look back at her like, oh, Buffy's got it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and the inside of Xander's locker is amazing. Oh, he's got always. the thing hanging from the he's noose. He's got like a voodoo doll yeah, on so a noose. Like and, a, and posters are fucking know, like, yeah. slapped up in there. I hope that voodoo doll is for Snyder. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> uh, she and Xander have a silent argument about opening the locker back up. 
the Slayer, unsurprisingly, is pro-locker opening, and uh, even more unsurprisingly, she wins, swinging the door open and finding no scary strangling hands anymore. It would just make make it even better for me if she'd pulled out a steak first. (laughs) Like, just right in the middle of school. (laughs) She doesn't even want a steak at this point. I'll just rip that thing out with my bare hands. I don't give a fuck anymore. (laughs) In the library, Willow mocks Xander in his torn shirt, suggesting that Cordy won another round in the broom closet. This scene is the best dialogue. (laughs) I know, I love it. I mean, it's not the best dialogue in this this episode, because this whole episode's amazing, but this scene... Is some of my favorite Buffy it's great. dialogue. It's great Scooby stuff. Is it is, what it is. And it's a little fourth wall, just ever so oh, slightly Oh, there will be a wall. big old rapidity tap tap on the fourth wall in just a second. Uh, Xander says it was a locker monster, and Giles gets even more British, hoping that it was the Loch Ness Monster. And he holds his finger in his face. Like, <laughs> Xander does like, the, wait. Xander does the no-no finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Giles, I wish it was the Loch Ness Monster, because that would be so awesome. I know, right? Oh, Uh, Buffy corrects him and also corrects Xander, saying it wasn't a monster so much as a big grabbing arm that disappeared. Uh, Buffy's pretty excited about the locker monster, and that's nice to see. Uh, Xander recaps what happened in Buffy's history class as well, and Giles is all, ooh. (laughs) He's getting all intrigued. He is. He says it sounds like paranormal phenomena. Willow thinks that a ghost will be cool, but Xander assures her that it was not a cool sort of ghost at all. (laughs) Well, at least it isn't turning itself inside out like the one Willow talks to in season seven. Yeah. I just love the line, we've got a bad boo on our hands. (laughs) Or maybe we have a bad boo on our hands. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy. (laughs) Xander paraphrases the movie Network with, I'm dead as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. So well done again, Xander. It's a great movie. Uh, Giles manages to cut through uh, <laughs> through the, as he delightfully fourth walls, Xander speak, and diagnose this as a poltergeist problem. Xander is shocked and delighted that he helped, uh, though he shouldn't be because he helps all the time. But remember how he's always after the knowledge metaphor of the apple in Buffy's dreams. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and he declares that he, he no longer has a need for book learning. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy and Willow um, want more information about the bad boo, and <laughs> Giles seems a little unsure as he's explaining it, but it turns out he will be absolutely right. He says that the spirit is, will be plagued by all manner of worldly troubles, and that uh, being dead, it has to uh, it has no way to make its peace, so it lashes out, growing ever more confused, ever more angry. Buffy comments that this is pretty normal teenage behavior, <laughs> except more dead. <laughs> True enough. Uh, Willow. The all teens are beasts theory. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Willow wonders what they can do, and Giles suggests figuring out what issues are left over from the spirit's life and then resolving them. Buffy doesn't sound thrilled about this, probably because it doesn't involve killing stuff, and I can't blame her, really, because she's the slayer. Uh, Giles says they need to figure out the identity of the spirit, and then uh, he doesn't say so, but he seems to decide that it's Jenny in that moment. Yes. Yes, he does, because he's hoping. Mm -hmm. He's distracted, and now he has something to focus on, and he's just going to chew on that bone. Yep, he's bargaining. Yeah, and there's nothing for him to research. He can't retreat into his... Typical, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Uh, That night, the ill-fated janitor from earlier is mopping, and he bids a teacher, (laughs) Ms. Frank, a good night. They exchange pleasantries, and we learn that they know each other in passing, but not well enough for her to be 100% sure of his name. how well orchestrated Oh, it's beautiful. This whole scene, we see... We we set them up as not knowing each other, so we can dismiss the theory that it's couples. Mm -hmm. And then... 
we get to see the gun materialize. We mm-hmm. hear more dialogue, so we get as an expansion We're getting of the story. A, just a little bit more evidence of what's yeah, going just on. Just a tiny bit more, and then we see the gun materialize, so we know that it it dematerialized mm-hmm. before, that it's something supernatural. Yep. Like the storytelling architecture of this it's moment. Gorgeous. Yeah, and the acting. Everyone's bringing it. Oh, it's it. it's fantastic. Everyone is bringing it. Yes, and and uh, his name is George. These poor folks. She walks away and he calls out to her, dropping his mop and telling her, you can't just, you can't make me disappear just because you say it's over. She tells him that there's no way people will accept their relationship so they can't be together. They follow the ghost's script until he inevitably pulls out the revolver. In Giles' office, we can hear uh, that George and Ms. Frank are continuing their scripted argument. He doesn't seem to hear it until George yells, don't walk away from me, bitch. Giles gets up to investigate and hears a female voice whisper, I need you. We get confirmation that he thinks Jenny is the ghost, and he goes to investigate. Unfortunately, he's a little bit too late to save Ms. Frank. As Giles watches, George shoots her. Uh, She falls off the balcony to her death. George runs back in, and Giles tackles him, and the gun slides away and disappears. We won't see what James the ghost was going to do until the last incarnation of this possession. George wonders what's happening, and Giles spells it out for him. Poor guy. Just don't don't work on Hellmouth, people, okay? You'll end up in prison or as monster food. In a very large abandoned mansion, it's Angelus Druid Spike! <laughs> Yay! It's the mansion. <laughs> I love this mansion. I do, too. It makes me think of Ghostbusters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It needs clouds. It needs yes, clouds it and Zool. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it kind of has Drusilla, you know, so... Oh, yeah. She's, she's Zoolish. She can be my gatekeeper anytime. <laughs> <laughs> the question uh, is, which one is the key master? I could be, I'd have to buy something. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're taking the tour. Angelus shows them the garden. Drew notes the lovely Jasmine, a night-blooming favorite of vampires everywhere. And we know this is a coincidence. But, but it will <laughs> it will feature <laughs> quite a few times in a few different ways when Angel gets his own show. So it's cool that the episode where it's mentioned most is the episode where Boreanis demonstrated that he had enough acting chops to lead his own series. Yes. Uh, Drusilla is super stoked, uh, saying that the <laughs> garden is fairyland. Spike says it's paradise and means exactly the opposite. <laughs> He's especially sarcastic about the large windows and how they'll be perfect for toasting vampires like themselves. <laughs> He's right, though. We'll see that later. Yes. <laughs> we'll see that way later in next season. <laughs> or is it the season after, season after next? Yeah, it's, it's a while. It's a while. Yeah. That, that's a grenade joke that takes a while to come back around. <laughs> it's like a boomerang joke that goes around the world. Yeah. It's coming, though. <laughs> Angelus invites Spike to take the stairs if, if he doesn't like it, because Angelus <laughs> is a vampire without a soul and has trouble learning things, and Darla was clearly the brains of their little operation. He hasn't figured out uh, that if Spike's scarred face is back to being very, very pretty again, the rest of his body is healing too. Because mm-hmm. Spike is looking very, very pretty. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's always very pretty. Yes, he is. So uh, Spike is playing things uh, cool, snarky. And uh, he says that the factory of evil was just great until Angelus ruined everything by pissing off Ripper and his big bag bag of uh, Molotov cocktails and flaming baseball bats. <laughs> <laughs> Angelus is predictably blasé about how, how he totally screwed up, because of course he is. <laughs> and uh, goes to the defensive taunting about how Spike can't walk. 
Spike seems a little less irritated about the teasing in this episode, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think there uh, might be a reason for that. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Since Spike isn't being fun to tease, Angelus <laughs> does some of more of the flirty thing that he does with Drew and some Jasmine, and they play the growly snarly game. Spike wheels away. I love their little growly snarly. I love it. It's well, so cute. And the way it's so casual, like later on in this episode, we'll see that mm-hmm. where it's just this very casual. Yeah. Just like how uh, if you ever see like lions talking to each other, yep. it's kind of like that—the little chuffing noises they make. It is absolutely is, and it's um. And remember in um. Gosh, what episode was that? Oh, it was uh, surprise. I think when uh, when Drew snarled at Angel when he was still Angel and he didn't snarl back. Oh yeah. And the first thing she does when he comes back is Angelus snarls and he snarls back and she's like, "Yay!" Yeah. <laughs> it's like the thing that they do. We don't see this in any other vampire couple, so it's like their right. thing. It is absolutely their thing. Yeah. It's so cute. It is cute and scary. Yeah, just like Drew. <laughs> <laughs> like both of them. And they're very cute and scary. I just the more I see, the more I times i watch the episodes with angelus the more i just love angelus he is so much fun he is so he much is fun just delightful he's he's fun in the way that hannibal lecter is fun like they're yeah. and darla is fun yeah where and of course drew uh it's biker <laughs> while all these people oh. uh where they they're fun because they love being evil mm-hmm. and they have they're completely unrepentant about it and they have a great time they enjoy their evil lives and i i mean it's hard not to respond to that because oh yeah, I mean because Angel, I love Angel, but he is so depressed all the time. And so when Angelus <laughs> comes back, it's like oh yeah, fun time. <laughs> yeah, because Angel's really honed his brooding skills. He has, and Angelus doesn't brood. Yeah, he's like yeah, hey, I'm a vampire. I can eat everybody. This is great. <laughs> um, at school, Giles is excitedly telling the Scoobies what happened with George and Ms. Frank and how George remembers everything, just like the kid uh, that Buffy stopped in the beginning of the episode. He tells them that George had no idea why he did it and that there wasn't a relationship between him and Ms. Frank. Giles says that he and the police searched all over for the gun and didn't turn it up. So he concludes that Jenny did it. Yeah. Yeah, um, that tracks. The Scoobies are completely unconvinced and good for them. Yeah. Buffy says, what? <laughs> and Buffy's wearing leather. Buffy's already in Slayer gear. She is in Slayer she gear. She is in Slayer battle She's gear. She's ready. Yes. And, you know, the, our conversation about power structure, mm-hmm. when someone's in leather, they're the ones with the power yeah. or the mock power or trying to take power in the situation. Yeah. That um, that morning, Buffy felt something in the air mm-hmm. and she suited up for battle Yeah. before she went to school. She's like, there was an arm in a locker. <laughs> I'm just going to wear my yeah. black leather coat. <laughs> I'm getting pulled back in time. I'm yeah. just, I'm not even going to bother with this. Yeah, let's just, let's get ready for the nighttime and yeah. let's, let's just take a night look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Giles says that since Jenny died in the school, it must be her. Willow points out that Angelus didn't exactly use a gun, but Giles doesn't care. Buffy mentions the extreme specificity of the way the couples are fighting, and Willow vehemently agrees. We've seen that Willow has done a bit of profiling in past episodes, so she's getting justifiably worked up over the absence of logic. (laughs) (laughs) Giles, though, isn't running on logic. He's running on grief. He says, I appreciate your thoughts on the matter. In fact, I... I, I will encourage you to always challenge me when you feel it's, it's appropriate. You should never be cowed by authority, except, of course, in this instance, when I am clearly right and you are clearly wrong. <laughs> Speaking just like Buffy's mind would Absolutely. and does. <laughs> yeah, Buffy will say very similar things Yeah, later. Like, yeah, The parts are working separately, but they are still completely in order. <laughs> yeah. You could pretty much drop that dialogue into, I don't know, 
what is it season six season seven yeah yeah pretty much, <laughs> pretty much like you have every right to to have your own opinion as long as it agrees with mine <laughs> right <Like that's- laughs> and you know okay yeah. <laughs> uh they bail on the library understandably and go to jenny's classroom to discuss things willow and xander are going off about how ungiles giles is being but buffy is quiet in the previous episode, Giles had a good idea of why Buffy was suddenly afflicted with the flu virus when Slayers are supposed to be immune to illness, and Buffy shows us that she knows Giles just as well. She tells them he misses her. He can't think. She blames herself, of course, because she's Buffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Willow starts doing the logical profiling thing and checks to see if there have been any other school shootings. That apparently that used to be, uh, you know, well, as we remember, uh, yeah. school shootings used to be rare. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Buffy wants to sum up what they know so far. Uh, Xander volunteers that dog spit is cleaner than human. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Which is a difficult fact uh, in that that may be true. Mm-hmm. It's not that provable because it depends on the dog. The <laughs> yes. problem with dog spit is that. We don't have any of the same bacteria in right. our mouths. Right. Well, it's sort of like how we all have uh, staff in our noses, mm-hmm. but we have our own staff in our noses. Yeah. The, prob- the trouble you are... get into is when you get somebody else's staff on your body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why you shouldn't <laughs> share makeup. Right. Um, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I share makeup all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start. I, mean... I can't even make the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you old queen, you. <laughs> so, uh, before we can hear any more fun facts, though, Willow has discovered an article about James and Ms. Newman, or Grace, as we find out her name is. Uh, James killed Grace on the night of the Sadie Hawkins dance, and they were indeed having an affair, and she tried to end things. After shooting her, James went into the music room and killed himself as well. Xander is convinced, as we all are. (laughs) Buffy reminds us that the dance is that evening, and that's not great. Xander wonders why they've never heard of this murder-suicide. He asks when it happened, and Buffy knows. 1955. She shows them the frisky yearbook from earlier, and uh, shows them Grace and James's pictures as the folks she saw in her dream. Xander compliments Buffy on her wicked accurate dreams, and I get all stuck because Faith will be here soon. (laughs) 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 However... Was this a Slayer dream or was this James? I, I'm I lean on the side of it being James. Uh, it could be either, but for whatever reason, my gut tells me that it was James communicating with Buffy. Uh, we'll find out later that they have a bit of a bond. <laughs> there, there's also the possibility that it was Grace because she's around two. I mean, one or both, both of them have been trying to get Buffy's attention. What do you think? It could be any of them. I mean, so in the realm of the, um, I'm gonna get weird. FYI, <laughs> I'm a bit psychic. Weirder. I, yeah, weirder. <laughs> I'm a bit psychic. I always have been. It's not something that it's... You'll say, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. I'd love to have the option. Um, and I find that if you are tuned... If, it's like a radio. If you're walking around tuned to the frequency of a certain bit of information, it's going to find you. Mm-hmm. So if right. you are psychic, like a slayer is, mm-hmm. and you are around paranormal activity... It is tuned on that AM radio wave or whatever, and it you will hear it. And then because there's someone finally listening, they kind of gravitate towards you. Right. So she and, and James are vibrating on the same frequency, and she happens to be psychic in the Slayer way. Or at least when the powers that be facilitated, she is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she was honing, though, because that's the thing. If she honed, she would be psychic. 
exactly. She'd be able to detect but vampires. But Buffy doesn't want to hone. No, she doesn't hone. So she's she's <laughs> she's a natural antenna. She has the gift, but she's not using it. Yeah, and and we never know when the powers that be are going to open up that door for her either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I my instinct says it's James. Yeah, I La- think later on Xander will say it's James too. So I think it's Slayer Dream Light. It is Buffy picks up Slayer Dreams because the, the PTBs give them to her. Mm-hmm. But if any other uh, paranormal being decides to give her a dream, right, she can get that. Too. She's more open to it. Yeah, she, like you said, she hasn't honed and learned how to block them out. Yeah, she yeah. hasn't. She hasn't done the heavy meditative work that people like me who are born antennas Mm -hmm. have to do in order to keep that stuff from interfering with our day-to-day lives right like i have waved to people that aren't there (laughs) um when i am when i am sleep deprived i lose all that filter and i see shit and it's not fun so i have to hone (laughs) yes and and buffy should too buffy should also hone let that be a lesson to you kids uh if you have superpowers Hone, because it's fucking hone. badass and awesome. Why wouldn't you hone? Anyway. Because uh, it's really embarrassing to wave to people that aren't there. Yeah, so hone, people. Hone. I mean, they are there. I don't want to say they're not there. Not there people, to anybody else. other people can't see. Right. <laughs> and we grew up to, to next to a cemetery, so I had a lot of opportunities. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, Xander... So, weird um, over. Yeah. <laughs> Xander wonders if she's seen, perhaps, him rolling in big piles of money or knowing the love of a woman in a full body sense. Yep. Wicked out of your league and a wicked brief, too, buddy. <laughs> Xander should also be stoked that Faith will be here soon. <laughs> yes. Get that cherry taken care of. <laughs> Absolutely. Somebody knows who she, what she's doing, too. Well yes. done. Uh, but... Yeah, steering him around the curve, so to speak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never been so jealous of someone in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great first time with Faith, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Trampoline park all over the place. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh-oh. Buffy super duper hates James now and blames him for the whole thing. Uh, Slayer Projection reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> she says that James killed his teacher slash lover because he couldn't make her love him. And then she calls him a sicko. Boy, if she thinks think that that is bad i wonder what she'll think of all the stuff she does for love later in the series <laughs> we 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 will always we as as beings of intelligence mm-hmm. will always hate in others absolutely what we most hate in ourselves that's what projection's all about man it is. Yes. i'm telling you it works every time yep. if there's someone you instantly dislike there's a chance you don't like them because they remind you of somebody else you don't like right. who you know there's a good chance, so it's it's worthwhile investigating. Listen to your gut, and listen to your gut, and then you can actually, you can decide. You can figure it out if you parse it out. You know, why yeah. do I not like this person? Is Oh, it reminds me of this asshole I met how many years ago. Yeah, or you just kind of wait around and they do something assholeish, and right. it's like, oh, my intuition has, has honed. <laughs> but, if <so> there's, <laughs> but if there's no reason you can put your finger on, mm-hmm. it's probably because they remind you of you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, the more you hate them irrationally, the more likely it is you need to take a look at your own damn self. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I guarantee if you can resolve that issue with yourself, you'll hate them a little less. <laughs> yep. You might never like them. But you never know. Yeah. But it, it, it identifies something for you to perhaps work on. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Buffy doesn't care for this. No. No. <laughs> Willow comments on how normal James looked in his picture and how he was on the honor roll. I usually call this a bit naive, but the expression on Willow's face suggests that she's already gotten an idea of the power dynamics involved 
with James and Grace and is trying to point that out to Buffy. Buffy scoffs and, you know, pot kettle there, Buffy, because, <laughs> <laughs> because Ted, big billowy clouds of projection are filling the classroom at this point. <laughs> uh, Xander says that James pulled a murder suicide, which, you know, not such smart things to do. Willow, who will understand how the loss of love makes you want to end, in her case, everything later in the series. Yeah, she takes a page um, from Angelus's book there. Yeah, exactly. Because let's not forget whose name was on the board before and is gone now. Reveals oh. more of the hidden depths we've seen uh, hints of before and says she empathizes. Oh my god. <laughs> Buffy says she only feels bad for Grace because James is a murderer and he should pay for it. Uh, yeah because ted uh, <laughs> uh willow also seems perplexed asking if he should pay with his life because he already did that buffy yeah uh buffy is oddly specific though saying that he should be doing 60 years in a prison breaking rocks and making special friends with roscoe the weightlifter and okay so I i'm one of those assholes who secretly rejoices when child molesters and rapists have a horrible time in prison i fully admit this makes me a bad person and a hypocrite but 60 years of torture and rape for a crime of passion murder of someone who used to her, use her position of power to seduce James when he was a teenager. Well, and as we see, the gun went off by accident. Yeah, that's an important point. Yes. That, we'll, that we will get to yeah, uh, later we'll get on. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, but that's, but I mean, and Buffy doesn't know that now, but that's a little much. Even if he it had is. walked up and just shot her, that's a lot. She, He's well, paid. James is paid and is continuing to pay. What Buffy's what feeling like is she killed Jenny. Oh, yeah. Buffy feels like she kills everybody. Yeah. She feels like she killed Angel and Jenny and everybody. Yeah. Like most recently, she thinks I made Angelus. Oh, yeah. This is Angelus killed this Jenny. This is all projection. And she wants to go have special <laughs> times with Roscoe the weightlifter. Yes, exactly. And she, she'll spell, Buffy will say almost exactly that later in the episode. She will just spell that out for all of us <laughs> because finally she's going to open up about a little bit mm -hmm. of course it'll be veiled in james should do this but yes, she's absolutely talking about herself it definitely will every time she opens her mouth about james she's talking about herself well, and this conversation is veiled about angel and jealous too yes because absolutely yeah. um and he's dead. <laughs> yeah yeah yep uh and and he's the i mean and and angel i mean we'll, we'll see this later too but angel bears just as much responsibility for what happened as Buffy does. Mm -hmm. And he's gone, so he can't take responsibility. Yeah. And that's shitty for Buffy. It's yeah. really shitty for Buffy because she's left holding the bag. Yeah. Um, and and it, nobody's blaming her but her. Right. Nobody. <laughs> well, and, and uh, I mean, as we've seen on the show, Buffy's pretty uncompromising about on her opinions about people going to prison for killing other people. She includes herself in that later on. Mm -hmm. Uh and of course, unless it's one of her friends, uh, like <laughs> the one who's standing across from her right now. <laughs> yeah. But even Buffy, Buffy will hold, hold, hold herself to that standard. You yeah. know, she, she will try to turn herself in. Very true. Uh, anyway, uh, the smoke of projection is so thick, I don't think she can see Willow at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame too, because Xander, holy crap. Xander says the quality of mercy is not Buffy. Now, remember way back in Out of Mind, Out of Sight, when Xander seemed pretty into the Merchant of Venice? Mm -hmm. He really was into the Merchant of Venice. The line for the Merchant of Venice is, the quality of mercy is not strained. Whoa. You go, Xander. Wow. He also follows this up with a look, which 
at, at Buffy, which might say, dude, you totally killed Ted. <laughs> yeah. He is, he is trying to bridge the gap. He is. He and Willow are trying really, really hard to make Buffy see that this is a more complicated issue, but Buffy can't see because the clouds of projection are just all over the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Willow wants to talk business, though. She asks which ghost they might be dealing with. Is it James or is it Grace? Buffy says that since it's violent, it must be him. Wow, projection. Just get up on our faces, why don't you? (laughs) Keep whipping that one out. (laughs) Willow tells them that she might be able to find a way to communicate with James using information from Jenny's Technopagan websites and find out what James is after. Buffy snaps. Who cares what he wants? Uh, Buffy? Giles just said that you need to resolve the problem and... Never mind, don't punch me. (laughs) (laughs) Willow shoots Xander a look, so she's getting a little uncomfortable with the angry projecting slayer as well. (laughs) Buffy says they need to shut him down before he makes another couple uh, that would be innocent guy and poor nice girl. Uh, That's how she phrases it. Uh, Act out his little drama and then blow his brains out all over the music room wall. Well, that's that's vivid, (laughs) Buffy. Um, Also, that's what Willow's trying to do is stop things. And Xander is also a little freaked and sarcastically asks if anyone is hungry. <laughs> so the blocking of this scene. Yeah, it's pretty fun. If you're going to block, this is, again, this comes from my theater background where you're having people move around in ways that show you where they're allegiance mm-hmm. or aligned, I guess I should say. Um, so we have them all together at the beginning and then Buffy gets all projectiony oh, and yeah. she moves off. To the side. All so we're by herself. To do, yeah, all by herself. In the one girl in all the world cam. In front of the back up your files, which reminds us of Jenny. Mm-hmm. So we're having Jenny's presence in the back of her. Yep. Um, Looming, so, let's yeah. say. So we're having to do a one-two take all of a sudden where we're doing one and two on her parts, on her heart and spirit, and then Slayer's a separate. Mm-hmm. She then makes an overture to move back into the group. So she moves in next to Xander and Willow pings out mm-hmm. of the other side and sits down. And starts shooting and... little weird looks to Xander, like, help. Yeah. Yeah, which is, it's, it's, a uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's sort of like chess pieces moving around. Yeah, To totally. show you what's going on inside of Buffy's, well, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many layers. I'm like every it's fantastic. I've gone back and watched a few episodes that we've done already, and I'm like, oh, we have missed. But it's fine. <laughs> Nothing big. If you guys see it, you see it. If you don't, yeah. you know. Because we're just here to, to give you what we're so excited to see mm-hmm. but also to help you start watching television in a way that you might not absolutely um because it's when you start actually watching shows this way it changes everything yeah and then you you realize how much we all absorb on a subconscious level uh yes. without knowing it oh yeah because this scene watching it uh without breaking it down like this we would have gotten the same impression from this scene subconsciously that we did spelling it all out. Mm-hmm. We just wouldn't have realized it. Yeah. You, we are still going through all the emotional beats. Right. We're still feeling it. It's just there's something so fun about breaking it down, especially if you want to make television, if you want to write stories, if you want to be participating in the creation of this kind of artwork, um, it's really good to know how these movements affect people, mm-hmm. you know, especially like the color psychology that I so specialize right. in these days. Uh- <laughs> 
yeah and, and everything i mean all yeah. this stuff is intentional uh-huh it's all yeah the shots are all framed out very carefully everybody like, styles everyone's hair and yep. gets them dressed it's no one's rolling out of bed putting on whatever and going to the scene <laughs> right. to act they you an right. actor you show up on set you know your lines and they hand you a costume yeah and they tell you where to stand and people have decided all of this stuff way ahead of time yep the prop department's in there making their magic happen everything is blocked out and in some shows like i'm a big fan of the west wing as we said there isn't color psychology going on. Mm-hmm. Like, you can disregard pretty much whatever they're wearing because cause Aaron Sorkin was writing two shows at once and there's so much else going on and it's already a brilliant show. We don't need a lot of production coding going on in the West Wing. Right. But in Buffy, where it's this deep psychological thing, vampire stories are deep psychological things. And this postmodern morality play at the same time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a stage play on TV. It is. We need this kind of coding because mm-hmm. it speaks so much to what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Very, very cool. <laughs> uh, in the lunchroom, you, I was hungry when I was writing this recap and that actually, <laughs> that looks pretty good. All those hot dogs and spaghetti. No, I'm, I'm so full from lunch, dude. I know, but so, man, that looks... We have been eating fried food <laughs> all day. It's been awesome. It's been so good. And today's like... I'm not exactly on a training regimen, but today's pretty much like my day off, and it's been good. <laughs> Eat all the food. <laughs> so uh, Cordy approaches uh, with her tray, and it looks like Danger Red just exploded all over her. Jesus, Cordy. <laughs> she looks great, though. She does. The, that rack, her boobs are amazing. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi, Cordy. I need to figure out who makes her bras. No shit, right? Because like, they look like they work. And she looks fantastic. A good bra is hard to Charisma Carpenter is just a gorgeous woman. Well, <laughs> that's hard to compete with. I know, Not right? that a bra would make me look like her, but her boobs look amazing. Yeah. It's because she's got all the muscle under there to hold them up. Oh, yeah. Very important. <laughs> Stay in shape, kids. Yep. <laughs> Get muscle, muscle, muscle. Uh, Willow and Buffy are sharing a box of animal crackers, undoubtedly pondering the mysterious nature of monkey pence. <laughs> I didn't catch that. How cute. <laughs> Cordy says that she's going to be organizing a boycott of the Sadie Hawkins dance because the girls have to pay for the date. <laughs> Feminism only goes so far with Cordelia. <laughs> she has she has kind of a a first wave wait feminine. Well, she she feminine. She sees it as feminism because she's like, yeah. no, you gotta pay for the date, bitch. I mean, that's how Cordy yeah, works. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's what I mean by like first wave. <laughs> Because right now we're in third wave, which is everything needs to be equal and I need to be able to pay it for you. Which, She's more first wave. Right. Which yeah. the, the full equality thing is my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, always has been. Our, our parents raised us. Everybody should be equal. Yes. So that's that's our family brand of, of uh, feminism slash mm-hmm. um, is it egalitarianism, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody should be equal, no matter who they are. It's not a zero sum game, the equality. Oh, yeah. Just everybody can be equal. <laughs> I, but I still hold to, it just occurred to me, I still hold to the standard of the male pays in that whoever asks. Yes. The aggressor of the date. Well, that, that's gay rules. Is it gay rules? Gay okay. rules is whoever asks. Pays. Okay. Or you, or you can ask and then you can decide to go Dutch. But um, mm-hmm. the general rule is until someone says otherwise, at least the way I've always done it, uh, whoever asks is the one who pays. Yeah, like that's okay. So or yeah. or unless you or you can talk about. It. I mean, we always mm-hmm. the gay folks always negotiate everything. So yes. Yes, which is good. <laughs> yeah. But if you're gonna go Dutch, uh, know before you go, um, mm-hmm. so you can bring your wallet because I've heard about a couple really awkward situations there. Oh, always be ready to pay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, always absolutely. be ready to pay, but also inform the other person that you're gonna go Dutch. Yes, before yes. You if get you to if you were the person who did not ask, definitely offer to go Dutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's fine. It's it's a courteous yeah. thing. If you're the person who did ask and you're a little short on funds, 
yeah, ask you could, if you, you can, can go Dutch. Yep, absolutely. Or like if it's dinner and a movie, how about how about you get the dinner and I'll get the movie? Right. Exactly. Which these days comes out about the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and if the person is uh the person is dateable, they will be fine with any of those situations. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if they are not, well, well, you might be dating Cordy, and there are trade-offs, and I would still go for it. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Xander suspects that this is the nefarious work of a hairy-legged feminist. <laughs> <laughs> and Cordy is even more all about stopping it. Uh, she <laughs> says that uh, not stopping it will lead to things getting really scary. Scary like snakes appearing out of nowhere, because that's exactly what happens. One even bites Cordelia on the face. Yeah. I guess it explains it, why she's wearing red. Yeah, yeah, she's in danger. In the circumstance. And it's yeah. it's the, we're having the shadow self be in danger yeah. because, you know, Buffy's all Slayer, so she's not able to take any of the damage. Right. So all. someone's got to take Buffy's it. It's like, whatever. Yeah, someone's got to be there <laughs> to take the damage. She didn't flinch with the arm thing. She's like, ugh. Well, and I, and I have, I've read online that people are criticizing because it's a snake bite, that there's no venom. Okay. One, venomous snakes, if they don't think they're threatened, will have dry bites. Yeah. It's a warning shot. It's I've, a dry I've, bite. Absolutely. Yes. Like, have you, I mean, have y'all never watched stuff on YouTube where people are catching snakes and they're biting them and they bleed and there's no venom? I mean, yeah, apparently not. But two. Oh, really? Um, also, non-venomous snakes will still bite when angry and provoked. Yeah. That's, I mean, yes. that's, that's all the, that's, the, I mean, the YouTube videos I have seen about people catching snakes, uh, they, the snakes bite them. Mm-hmm. Either they do not envenomate, however you fuck you say that, or they're just not venomous snakes. Everybody's fine. I, I have been nommed on by many a baby ball python. They're so cute. They are grumpy when they're cold, and I would have to pull them out of bags at Petco. Yeah. And, and they'd be all cold, and they would be grumpy, and they'd latch on. Oh, and they, and they have... Um, and there is something very primally freaky. Well, they have and they have an anticoagulant um, mm-hmm. in, their, in their, I guess, their saliva, yeah. uh, that makes it easier for them to digest their prey. So you will bleed quite a bit if you're bit by, by a snake. Yes. Um, but it's not... Dangerous if the snake isn't venomous. No, you know, really um, isn't. So she's fine. It's well, fine. Oh yeah, Everything's the, yeah. Fine. No, it's it was. This was not a, a diamondback rattler. This was a snake. No, yeah. even though we do have a rattlesnake noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The noise anyway. Yeah, the foley artists were like, whatever. It's a snake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and okay. And confession time, though. I love snakes i <laughs> love them they're so fucking cute i can't even stand it and i want to kiss their little snouts like so much yeah. uh, i've only had a few opportunities to, to pet snakes in my life but oh, i have enjoyed them my job every time i love snakes you would have loved my job at petco i, would I took have. care of the reptiles and i ran the fish department and took care of all the fishies well it would have been sad because the fish would have died in transport and i would have been sad and depressed all the time you didn't have that many die in transport well, wasn't that bad yeah we, i we i know I, a... I would have absolutely loved loved that job yeah you would have like, had a good time. I love snakes. I like geckos. Fishes. I have a thing for leopard they're geckos. They're cute. They're so cute. They're not faces. They're they they remind face. me of kitties. Yeah. And they do the blinkies. So cute. Yeah. And we're back. So, uh, <laughs> so there is much running and screaming, and and if they're bitey snakes, I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just hope they didn't hurt the snakes because that would be sad. Uh, outside the school, animal control and a bunch of emergency responders have arrived. Cordy is bummed out that her face will be all messed up. Uh, she says that she'll be scarred and swollen, and that she'd have preferred if they killed her. This is something we'll be tracking in Cordelia's character arc, and holy shit, does she ever change over an Angel of the Series? They've laid out two big parts of Cordy's character in the last minute or so and one thing won't change but the other will and in a huge way Mm -hmm. 
the police chief pulls up, and he and Snyder start discussing the gangs on PCP-style cover story they're going to be using. (laughs) (laughs) The chief suggests pranks, but Snyder doesn't think even Sunnydale syndrome is enough to make that one fly, so they're thinking a backed-up sewer will work better. Snyder's worried about people talking about this one, even as he spins the sewer story. He says that the same thing happened in San Diego recently, but then the plot thickens. He points out to the chief that they're on a hellmouth, and he said a hellmouth, so he knows there's more than one. Yeah. Yeah. So what the fuck is Snyder? I would love to know. I don't think Snyder's human. I would love to know. He's a Frankie, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's that we have a whole missing backstory with Snyder. I know it's so great. I, I love I wonder it. If, I wonder if there's some little hints that we haven't picked up on. I would love to. There could I would be. Love if anyone's picked up on it, please, please, please. Even if there's just like, it's we'll take long shots. Mm-hmm. I'd love a long shot. Info at diogenesclubpodcast dot com. That would be so cool. Yep. Because yeah, but like he's in on it. I mean, he doesn't seem to be human because it's that, well, we all thought you could take it. You could handle right, it. Right, because the chief tells him that the city council gave him his job because they were told he could handle it, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, he says that if Snyder feels unsure about his abilities, maybe he'd like to chat with the mayor about that. And the mayor! Yeah. Yay! A little drop in there. <laughs> That's pivotal. <laughs> and uh, Snyder, Snyder feels yes than less than, than yay about the mayor and quickly says he'll handle, handle the snake situation or sewer situation i mean um he even reassures himself uh about that um so yeah where did snyder come from who recommended him did the mayor mayor recommend him is this some kind of mayor minion i mean what yeah i don't know i mean he doesn't seem to be a mayor minion because they're all a little too brainwashed yeah there's something in the hand sanitizer that seems to get (laughs) and the milk and cookies yeah yeah there's something something a little bit more nefarious going on with mayor minions and he likes vampires i just like to say mayor minion yeah um (laughs) more opportunities to come i'm sure but yeah he he definitely favors vampires uh as his minions yeah i know i'd love to know yeah I mean, is Snyder a demon? There's, I mean, our choices are like... There's something demon-like about him, which might explain mm-hmm. why when Buffy's in Slayer mode, she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. And because, and we also don't... Okay, in the final battle, in, in say, the Troy-type battle... Yes. Um, Yeah, it's totally Troy, guys. Trojan <laughs> horse. Graduation. Yeah, with the gowns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Um, in that, we don't make a big deal of him dying even a little. We actually kind of make a joke about that, which is not typically a move we make for human deaths. Right. Right. Um, even if they're bad humans. Even bad humans. Even the zookeeper guy in the hyena cage, we had a moment of sadness for we him. Do. Yeah. And, and the, the students who are all dying in battle, it's a hero's death. We have kind of a Valhalla thing going on. And for we them. still so linger over okay. them. And we linger yeah. over Larry's body. You know, we do, we, we show them. We still mourn them mm-hmm. with the camera, basically. Yeah, we get to we get to have those emotional beats, even though the cast doesn't. We still get caught up in the in the firebad tree, pretty right. Um, but we linger on them. But Snyder's death is a joke, mm-hmm. which production coding tells us he ain't human, right? Or not fully, right? Because I mean, bad principles don't deserve to be eaten by giant demon snakes. No, no, even even bad principles don't deserve to be. Or sorry. Bad principles don't even deserve to be eaten by hyena people. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes sense. You know, gullible principle eaten by hyena people. Mm-hmm. 
let's bring in a demon principal to handle this Hellmouth situation. Well, especially since the mayor knows about the Hellmouth and is himself mm -hmm. a bit of a demon. Yeah. Or wants to be. Um, yeah, I mean... He's not scared of the Slayer. In fact, he's challenging the Slayer. He is making the Slayer's life miserable on purpose. Yeah. Which seems foolish for a human. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, There's got to be something in there. We we will take your hints, your theories, your... I mean, I don't care how out there it is. Like, he could be... I, I'm not big on the aliens. Anything but aliens. Well, because there are no aliens in Buffy, as far as we know. And, and, and... Uh, no, there, no, there's the, the... Well, that's a demon. Space demon. Yeah, space demon. Yeah. But they even call it a space demon. Yeah. Um, And, and no leprechauns. Yeah. Because as we hear over and over again, in both the Buffy and Angelverse, <laughs> there are no leprechauns. <laughs> An angel would know. <laughs> he sure would. He's fucking he's Irish. Irish. Really Irish. <laughs> he's from Galway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like he's. But this is. I mean, this is a bomb. This is a huge bomb mm -hmm. being dropped here, where yep. Snyder is in on it. Like, <laughs> it's not a secret that there's a Hellmouth or multiple. Or that what? Yeah, yeah that multiple Hellmouths. Yeah. Like, there are so many things going on in this tiny conversation. And we how, hear about the mayor. Yeah. We hear about the mayor, how easily Snyder just passes it off. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened in San Diego last week. Right. Like, we just pass it off. It's so easy for him. It just and, slides right off. Of and him. everybody's in on it, from the mm -hmm. chief to the principal to the mayor to everybody else yeah. above that level, or sorry, below the level of the mayor to the level of the chief yeah. knows about this stuff. Which we got a hint about in School Heart. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, um, but it, it sounds like the entire city council yeah. isn't on it because Snyder was recommended to them. Yeah, by someone. Yep. So yeah, this is. Uh, this Speaking of conspiracy theories, yeah, <laughs> it's big. Uh, at the summer's home, Willow has decided that she doesn't want to try contacting the spirit at all. She says the only solution is the final solution, and that phrase will always make my eye twitch. Yep, especially when said by a Jewish character. Yeah. Xander suggests nuking the school, and uh, that's later. <laughs> <laughs> About a season and a little bit, yeah, actually. Just put a pin in that uh, one, yep. Xander. <laughs> Willow says she's talking more about exorcism. Courtney says that she saw that movie, and even the priest died. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy asks what the plan is. Willow shows them a map of the school. The balcony is, as we've seen from uh, Ms. Frank and George, where Grace died in 1955. Willow says that they're going to use a Mingus tripod. One person will chant on the balcony, which is the hot spot, and then three other people will chant in places around the school that form a triangle with a hot spot in the middle. This is one of the episodes that reinforces our theory that magic is really difficult to get the hang of, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the idea is that the Mangus Triangle will bind the spirit and render it powerless. Buffy says she'll take the hot spot in case there's trouble there. Xander, so very smart in this episode, points out that James is fixated on Buffy. He also thinks that James sent uh, Buffy her dream, by the way, which we agree with. Uh, he wonders if Buffy can handle this. Buffy says uh, that she hopes he'll show up, even though Buffy... You can't give ghosts the Slayer hello. They're incorporeal when they want to be. Also, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Oh, and Willow's little diagram with it's the stick so on with stars. The little, I know, the little gold stars. <laughs> I bet she's using those gold stars as her teaching Absolutely. tool. Absolutely. She totally made that at her desk or something. <laughs> or at Jenny's desk, I should it's say. so cute. Absolutely. I'd like to think they're Jenny's stars. Oh, that'd be so cute. Yeah. Jenny seems like the kind of teacher who'd put stickers on homework absolutely yeah yeah 
Uh, at, at the school, Buffy gives them their orders. They will start the spell at midnight. Exactly. Corny asks the very logical question, what if it doesn't work? Uh, Willow doesn't really answer, but says she made them scapulous. Xander thinks that's the same as a spatula. Well, I'm wondering <laughs> where she found four shoulders. But <laughs> <laughs> I have the same problem, too. I'm like... That's a weird name for a little bag with stuff in it. Uh, But Willow says it's a protective charm to her around their necks. Cordy says that it smells like grandpa breath. (laughs) (laughs) Willow apologizes for using sulfur. Yeah, sulfur smells like ass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Willow assures them it will be effective and Buffy wants to get the fuck on with it. Okay, Slayer. Easy does it. Uh, Cordy's giving herself a pep talk when all the doors slam shut. Uh, at the mention of the undead. <laughs> uh, Drew is gardening. Such a nice hobby. Drew will always love gardening. She ponders sleeping underground. <laughs> Lots of foreshadowing of oh, Angel this series in this episode. So much. Uh, Spike tells her that digging a burrow will ruin her dress. She'll probably make a note of that and make sure to get new clothes if she ever comes across someone who has been in her garden, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks she should sleep naked, uh, and Angelus likes this plan, and, and so do I. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I do wish this show had been on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would have gotten a little more explicit with the Angelus and Spike thing. Angelus and Spike, and Faith and Buffy, and yeah. Drew would have been naked. And, and everybody, just everybody. <laughs> game of Slayers. Yeah, Game of Slayers. <laughs> they would have gone a little too far with the Willow and Oz thing, though. I don't want to see them get it. Yeah. Really nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, you just you just skip over that and, you know, yeah. go to the Faith of Buffy stuff. They, just, they need to keep that. That relationship needs to stay all cute. Oh, yeah. 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 I just don't, I don't trust HBO. They get a little too titty happy. There's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no comment. <laughs> I just got this blank stare kind of like looking back at what? me. <laughs> What is this you speak of? <laughs> it's like I just what, what you you stink of lies. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Spike says nobody cares what Angelus likes. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, Drew is chortling and rolling on the ground. She says there's a gate that's opening. Angelus and Spike listen intently. Spike oh. asks what she sees. It's a black gate. And it wants her, meaning Buffy, of course. I love Angelus with this. He's just playing off of her. It's uh-huh. we don't get to see these moments with these three, yep. and so it's so delicious when we do. And Angelus is wearing red. Just wanna. Yep. Just and Drew, of course, always is. These She's days. always wearing red. Yep. But Angelus is wearing red, and so we have two options here: either he's actually a danger, mm-hmm. or he's at risk. Yes. And the way he suddenly flips from being so delighted and in tune in that animalistic little girl way with mm-hmm. Drusilla to suddenly being very interested and intense after hearing about Buffy. Yes. I'm thinking it's the in danger. Well, we can be pretty sure it's not dangerous as far as trying to 
kill Buffy because dude is not going to kill Buffy. No, no. I think, <laughs> I think it, he, we're showing that he's in, at risk. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I mean. Because if those are two choices, we know it's not that he's a danger to Buffy. Oh, yeah. No, no. In he's any, definitely... Not in, I mean, in a in a traumatizing way, sure, he's always a danger to Buffy that way. Mm-hmm. But in an actual... But she's in full Slayer. They're, no. Right. <laughs> she doesn't nah. have the flu. <laughs> she, she's not still missing Angel, like, the like in a I'm not going to kill you kind of way. Yeah, like, she's yeah. over it. Yeah, he, like, I yeah. mean, if Buffy had been herself at the end of this episode... Angel would not have gotten his own series because she's just no. staked his ass and been done. She'd be like, fuck off and stake and then we're finished with the show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Angel the series? What? No, there's none of that. No, no. He just, died. What? Just, uh, seven, seven seasons of Buffy. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Actually, probably six because like a whole one of those is about Angel. Yeah, true. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, the end of this season would have been a lot less sad. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, Drew tells Angelus that it's time that the Slayer is ready for him and is dancing with death. Yeah, and, his watch his switch here. Yeah, well, and, but I have to say, this reminds me of the Seventh Seal from last week. Uh, actually, there's a dance macabre uh, in the last uh, sequence of that film. Uh, I think Buffy's dance with death would look a little bit like when Faith goes to L.A. and dances and pretty much beats the living fuck out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> Different kind of take on a dance of death. Yes. <laughs> kind of chess match too yes uh spike says what we're all thinking that angelus isn't going to do shit to buffy because well because <laughs> he isn't uh <laughs> he calls angelus all hat and no cattle <laughs> spike this is why we love you so <laughs> spike will later in the series show us just how good he is at manipulating people psychologically and here he's goading angelus in an attempt to get him to either kill Buffy or get staked while trying to kill Buffy. Probably the latter. Yes. He's uh, sick of this shit. Yes. If, if he could give Angel back his soul, he'd do it. Absolutely. <laughs> like you said, yeah. like you said in passion, like I like the other guy because this is bullshit. Slayer whipped Angelus. In retaliation, of course, Angelus gets all grabby with Drew. And then he announces that this whole Slayer thing has run its course. Oh, Angelus. You just don't even know, do you? <laughs> and uh, Angelus gets even more provocative with Drew, and we can see from um, uh, Spike's expression that he is both enraged and also clearly digging a hole and putting sticks and leaves over it for Angelus to fall right into. <laughs> <laughs> Angelus taunts him more with groping and innuendo about what he's going to do uh, with Drew, and also, it seems, Spike. Yeah, yep. It implies he... a threesome. Yeah, he says uh, that... <laughs> Lend an extra hand to Spike and Drew. Yes, to both of them. Yes. yes. Um, yep. Well, <laughs> just put that on my ship. <laughs> yep. But Spike, at this particular <laughs> point, is in no mood and seethes away. Even though Drew is. Drew's certainly dead. She's, Drew's she's up for everything. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's fine. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Back, <crazy. laughs> Back at school, Giles scares the holy fucking bejesus out of Willow. <laughs> He's lucky so, that wasn't Buffy, isn't oh, he? <laughs> yeah, and the spirit and the mind are not in sync. No, they're not. They are. Like they, they can barely even talk each other's language. Oh, I know. Like, they're, they're, <laughs> they're having they're having two different conversations at yeah. this point. They insist uh, that the other isn't supposed to be in, in the school because you know they would. Uh, Giles says he's close to contacting Jenny. Giles, breaking my heart, man. Uh, Giles asks what the nasty smell is, and Willow shows him the scapula. Giles's response: Ah. Oh, did you use sulfur? 
apparently that's clever. So yes, that's cute. Uh, he tells Willow to run along because there might be some energy when he contacts Jenny. Oh, he's so hopeful. He closes the door, and Willow and the rest of us notice that he was too distracted to ask why Willow was sneaking around in the school with a sticky scapula. I don't like. He just he just goes straight over. All right, and we'll carry runs. on. Whatever you're yes, doing, whatever yeah. you better run along. Like, <laughs> like, like this is what we normally do. At night? Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> and by the way, Buffy's missed out on a lot of patrols this week. Yes, she has. And Giles, I mean, Giles is, he doesn't, he's checked out. He does not give yeah. a shit about slaying right now. Nope. Um, Nobody does. And Except for with ghosts who can't be slain. Right. <laughs> I know. Uh, poor Cordy is such a trooper. She drew the short straw and has to do her chanting in the bathroom. And a snake bit her on the face. But she's hanging in there. Mm-hmm. As much as I love snakes, if one bit me on the face, I'd stay at home, like, so hard, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, oh, I, I'm getting a week it. off of work if a snake bites my face. Yes. No. <laughs> no I know. But I, I think I think we have several things working with Cordy here. And one is that boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She's a really good girlfriend. She's a great girlfriend. Like, really good. Like, in the last episode when she got in the well, fight the, with Xander and, and the then brought donuts him coffee and, coffee and donuts coffee. and a magazine. I know. So the magazine means, like, she meant to go back and just stay there all night yep. with him. Oh, yeah. She's she was in there really for the hall. Girlfriend. Yep. Yeah. And so she's doing the same thing here where she's not fond of what they're doing. Right. She doesn't want to do it, but she's Xander's girlfriend. Well, And, and we know that Cordy has a kick-ass work ethic because she almost got her head cut off and so went to cheerlead. Yep. <laughs> she totally does. <laughs> she- so she's like, the, story, the show must go on. I would hire this gal in a second. Yeah. I really would. <laughs> Angel might take note of that. <laughs> yes, he should. <laughs> uh, uh, she takes off her band-aid and looks at the two fang punctures on her cheek in the bathroom mirror. Uh, walking in the hall, Buffy hears music. It's as we would expect. I only have eyes for you by the flamingos. She follows it and sees the ghosts of James and Grace dancing in the music room. Uh, Xander has found that there are still snakes in the cafeteria. It is, as he observes, snakealicious. <laughs> I love Xander. I know. He's, it's such a great episode the for him. The last two episodes. Well, we, we really have to build Xander up because... Oh. Well, he's going to do some dickish things. So, yeah, yeah. We, have to, we have to build the goodwill for Xander because he's going to take a couple yeah, of chunks out we're, of it. We're, we got to store up for winter. Yes. Because it's going to be a cold one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, So because he's, he's going to betray his perfect girlfriend. And that's yes. not okay. It's not okay. But it suits his metaphor. It sure does. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's part of Buffy. You guys are yeah. going to love his metaphor. <laughs> I, have to, I have to write that one out. I can't just drop it in because yeah. I don't know how many of you have read. Um, I'd like to think you have all read. The thing. The thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Willow takes her place on the stairs. Buffy is still watching James and Grace. He se- She seems intrigued until James's face is revealed to be all kinds of decayed and freaky. And, and then they disappear. Makeup department. Nicely done by the night makeup like, people. I, I, I very rarely get skeeved out by makeup jobs. Well, because one eye to... is totally gone. The other one's all yeah, fucked and up and all, white. And yeah, stuff it's and... like sunken in yeah. and the teeth. And yeah, I used to do special effects makeup as a hobby. And this just. It's pretty good. Wah. Yeah. Ugh. It's good. Uh, in the bathroom, Cordy's face breaks into a, like a burn. Yeah. Um, this will happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she screams. On the stairs, a hand grabs Willow and starts to pull her into the swirling floor. She screams, and Giles calls out to her. He runs and pulls her out, and they both roll down the stairs. Uh, Buffy has reached the balcony and puts on her scapula. She sees flashes of the night James killed Grace and himself, and James's decayed self runs up, grabs her, and yells at her to get out. 
In the bathroom, Cordy's face has returned to normal. The stairs have as well. uh, Willow tells Giles that this isn't Jenny. Jenny could never be this mean. He says sadly that he knows, and he's even more sad. Willow says she's sorry, and we are sorry too, Giles. Yeah, although I'm glad it's not Jenny doing all this shitty stuff. Ah, no, it would be better if it was her. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Because then you'd know she was out there somewhere. It's true. Instead of absorbed by... Instead of gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. instead of just gone. I mean, oh, that's true. Yeah. Because the, the Jenny that shows up as the first is not Jenny. Yeah. That's just a manifestation of Jenny. But yeah, the confirmation that your loved one made it to the other side, that oh, they didn't yeah. just disappear, like that there is no God and they've disappeared into the void. That's way worse than knowing that they're trapped spirit because you can help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We see we see an example of that scenario with Joyce. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the clock tolls, signaling midnight, and Willow hurries back to her spot to start the chant. Cordy, Xander, and Buffy light their candles and start their chants as well. Cordy's chant is very enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> the non-Cordy version of the chant is, I shall confront and expel all evil out I of marrow and- I totally confront. I love that. <laughs> expel <laughs> all so evil. Awesome. Out of marrow and bone, out of house and home, never to come here again. You know, I sure as shit wouldn't say that over a hellmouth. No. Normal school- Sure. Home. Sure. Uh-huh. Hellmouth school? Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> so their candles blow out and they have a moment of, hey, maybe it worked. But but no, no. no. It most definitely <laughs> did not work because now there are wasps. Yes. Uh, I believe the scientific term for this is a fuck ton of wasps. <laughs> I don't like wasps. Uh- <laughs> I, like, I like that Cordy and Xander are the ones that are skeptical from the moment. Yeah. The, those candles get blown out. Everybody Absolutely. else is kind of like waiting. Well, because it's, like, hmm. it's the Slayer heart and the shadow self. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, no. And they're both like, these, these things never go smoothly. That was so too easy to light a candle and say this stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Well, no. And that sounds like an incantation. And this this could be Willow's uh, amateur hour. Mm-hmm. This well, sounds yeah, like something you use for a home, a home. Yes. haunting. Absolutely. A home that's not in a hell mouth. Yeah. Like... Well, and this is, that's also a pretty light, again, I've been into some interesting stuff in my life. This sounds like a very light haunting incantation. Right. Like, it's not... Well, I mean, when when Giles wanted to break a spell, he had to plunge his hands into a boiling something. Yeah. Like, when he wanted to, to break uh, uh, Amy's mom's spell. spell. Oh, well, yeah, was, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Amy's mom's spell. And yeah, then just the love you, spell, that Well, the love spell hard. required uh, a lot of concentration and Cordy's necklace to, yeah. to, you know, to break the spell. It requires something offered yes, to it, do something like that. Magic requires sacrifice. Right. And there's no sacrifice here. We're just saying, get out. And y- the only time you get to do that is when you live there. Right, like the vampire uh, invitation reversal spell. Yes. Because that's the person who's in there is saying, no, I don't want this vampire here anymore. And the only person who actually gets to use this invocation in this case is, um, who's the dead kid? James? Yeah. So the only person who gets to use this invocation in this instance is James, because he's the one who's living at the school. Right. It's his home. It's his home. He says, get out. Yeah. And they have to get out. Yep. They don't get to dictate this. This is the rules of haunting. Yeah, it's like he's done a counter hex on them before they could do their spell. Yeah, because they don't get to do it. Right. Willow chose the wrong thing. Because she she's didn't... new at this. I mean, this, this is one of this. the reasons that we knew that Giles was lying in Witch. 
Yeah. Oh, it was my first casting. Oh, bullshit. It went yeah. fine. It yes, is obviously not yeah. your first casting. There, this there is what no... happens when you do your first casting. Things get fucked up and wasps fly up your ass. <laughs> yes. Like, that is what happens when you do your first casting. Yeah. And you almost get sucked into the floor. And yes. Something like spooky happen. <laughs> but yeah, this is not... I mean, if, if for some reason you decide to try and take care of a haunting on your own, if you believe that hauntings exist and or have had it proven to you... Don't do it this way. <laughs> see, you could just give me your house because I'm impervious to ghosts. And that's I'll live true. there and see no ghosts whatsoever. No, that's true. We, we grew up together and I was like, there's a ghost. And she's like, what? Nah. No, there's no. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it totally impervious to ghosts. Yeah. So, like, just, there, could, there could be a ghost. There could be a ghost sitting here right now and I, I just would have no idea. Or just get a priest. Do you know how excited a priest would be to actually be able to do some kind of like exorcism? <laughs> I can go back to my Latin classes and do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they're all trained in it. They just never get to use it. Right, exactly. Yeah, get a priest or a <laughs> there, shaman. There have to be like fifty thousand priests in Sunnydale. Just go, go get one of them. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Get some holy. Like they don't even have holy water. I know. I it's a it's such a lightweight spell. It's not even in Latin. Like it's yeah. not even second level heavy duty with Latin. No, this is this is hedge witch stuff. This is hedge witch is is home witch. It means uh, like uh, unprofessional or. Yeah, in some lore, it's more like a homegrown witch that Mm -hmm. does more like herb-based spells. But this is this is hedge witch. This is amateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I know she's Willow wants to do the techno pagan thing, but we saw Jenny's techno pagan stuff worked Mm -hmm. really well. Yeah, and she was (laughs) able to link up a circle on the net, Uh which was pretty cool. Yep. And so, yeah, Willow's an inexperienced witch. This is her first try. It mm-hmm. takes a long time to get used to this kind of thing. But uh, even when she becomes an experienced witch, she needs somebody to ground her. Yeah. And even then, sometimes things go a little wrong. Absolutely. A lot. A lot wrong. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. they go a lot of wrong. Yeah. They backfire on her frequently. Well, that's the that's the nature of magic. I mean... Yep. Especially when you're not sacrificing something. Right. <laughs> the only time a major spell that Willow does goes right is in the times of sacrifice. Oh, boy. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because yep. you have to sacrifice something for magic to go well. Well, I mean, we You all... don't get something for nothing. Well, yeah, we, we've all seen the craft. We know it comes back threefold. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the craft, go watch the craft. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen the craft, why have you not seen the craft? Oh, yeah. It was a fantastic, classic movie. Classic, very, classic. very and classic. if you want to study shadow selves, watch the craft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we should do a special on that. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yes. Okay. We haven't mentioned I our little the stretch goal. Yes. <laughs> we haven't mentioned our little stretch goal. But if we can get some more likes, or not likes, some, some more reviews on mm-hmm. iTunes, we're a little stalled out, guys. Come on, just just miss, right, you don't have to give us a paragraph. Just give us a sentence and yep. some stars. Um, just anything honest that you have to think. Yep. But yeah, when we get to ten, I'm still gonna do my night in Bangkok version for you. <laughs> um, and then at fifteen, we'll do something else. We were talking about doing Kung Fury. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe we'll do the craft instead. Yeah, we could do the craft instead. We could let you vote, but we just need some. Come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Give it to us. Suck it to us. We can you take it. You know you want to. We, yeah. <laughs> you know you want it. Yeah. So we're still trying to reach that goal, and uh, you can tell us what you want to hear. Info yes. at <laughs> So uh, the back at the school, the wasps swarm, and uh, everyone runs, as they most definitely should, if they don't have a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> or some major bug. 
I am not a fan of wasps. Uh, No one is. (laughs) No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, They get to the door, but James has locked it, of course. Except, wow, holy shit, Buffy (laughs) kicks the fuck out of that door. I mean, we've mentioned how slayers do doors, and I made a gif out of how slayers do doors. But wow, that door is fucking done. (laughs) If you want to see aforementioned gif, go to our website, dodgedaysclubpodcast.com, and go to Jen's blog. Yeah. It's hilarious. (laughs) How slayers do doors, man. So funny. And I might be adding this to that post totally as well. That. We should just I, have like a house layer. Well, I, I, I actually, I do have a, I do have a series that is uh, in draft form that I'll be publishing as we get there. House layers do X. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one of them is house layers do doors. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of them will be house layer do projection. Ah. Um, that comes later. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, they run outside and Xander comments that the school, that school is out for good as the entire building is covered in wasps. Uh, in the summer's home, Giles pouring tea says, the good news is none of you girls were shot. This is how brilliantly the end of this episode is set up. They've been dropping little hints this whole time about how when people are possessed by James and or Grace, they assume the gender of the possessor. The guy kills the girl, right? That's mm-hmm. absolutely what we expect at this point. Yes, definitely. And this scene, Buffy's separate. Uh-huh. Everybody else she is, is together. She is so separate. So all of her parts now in harmony because Giles is finally his head is back in the game mm-hmm. so her mind is back in the game um who made the tea giles okay yep <laughs> <laughs> possibly willow yeah probably but Giles. I'm, I'm thinking they well, went in there there are little snacks too so i'm betting giles yeah yeah just like the crackers and everything <laughs> yep. and cordy's nibbling the, the corners yep. off of her saltines so I, I eat them like that too i like to get all the adorable it's yeah. <laughs> it's so cute anyway um but yeah buffy is checked out mm-hmm. she's gone yep Yep, she Off absolutely to the side, is. Separating herself from the group. She is the one girl in all the world once again. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Giles says they've established that James is a trouble, is the troublesome spirit they were worried about. I think he's dismissing the female voice he heard, thinking that it was just his wishful thinking, but we can be pretty sure that was Grace. Uh, Jenny would have said something more like, I love you, be happy. Uh, not, I need you. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a weird one. We, we had to talk about that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I I just yeah. think maybe she was trying to save the woman like she doesn't want other people to die. Yeah, there's there's cuz it was already in 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 play. Mhm. Um the they were, the folks were already playing their roles when she called to Giles. Yeah. So yeah, she may have been trying to stop it. There's also the possibility that uh he was supposed to play a role in it. Um Well, in in this instance he would be the woman, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah, he'd yeah. be Grace. Mhm. Yeah, and I Probably because, um, I don't know, uh, probably because he has the, he's in the mentor role. Um, but then it wasn't a good, it just wasn't a good match. She didn't really have, he could hear her, but he didn't, I mean, there wasn't any kind of connection. Yeah. Really. He was, he was too off to right. the side. He was too. Yeah. It's, um, um it's not a good fit for yeah. them because yeah, he, yes, he feels, uh, he feels guilty about jenny dying but it's not the same guilt that grace feels about james mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it was i think she was reaching out for someone who is in the teacher role but jenny was also in the teacher role so it doesn't work yeah so i think i think that's oh that's interesting yeah yeah I, and then i think with but and even with the janitor and the teacher like the janitor is technically kind of subservient to a teacher mm-hmm. um you know so it would be like their relationship would be kind of questionable 
not she was, not as far as adults go, but as far as like hierarchy of right employment goes, right, it would be not. Uh, well, like, it, sa- it says a lot about um, who's in charge of the first couple's relationship too. Yeah, and I was explaining why the girl was so quick to be like, "No, he's not like that," you know, mm-hmm. because they either have a very equal relationship or she's kind of in charge. That's yeah, very awesome. true. So now our theory is for possession to work, you have to vibe. Yes, to match. What? Yeah, you have to yeah, match up. Absolutely. You yep. have to be on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think like so. that radio tuning thing. I'm yeah, saying. exactly. I, I think absolutely, and we and we see that. And actually, a little bit later, it's going to be a more explicit example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in contrast. Uh, Willow asks what they should do. Uh, that's a good question because that's a shit ton of wasps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if the wasps are from James or the rattling of the Hellmouth with the chant. Ooh, could be either one, right? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, they yeah. go away after the possession. Yes. Don't we see? But wasps it could be that the Hellmouth James? doesn't doesn't like people fucking with shit, and... or it it could just be a magical rebound. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like we have in uh, the later Halloween episode when Willow's magic goes awry. Um, the frat house Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where she's she's creating the lights and they, they kind of swarm yeah. on her. Like that's a magical rebound. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it definitely could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Giles tells them that James is locked in a loop of the night he killed Grace and that it's pretty common for spirits to get stuck that way. Cordy asks if they automatically graduate uh, if if the school gets shut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will graduate when the sh- school gets shut down, Cordy, but you'll have earned it. And thanks for shadowing. Have some tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Xander Xander does the huh look and asks Giles what James wants, but then he looks at Cordy and also wants to know if they automatically graduate in case of school destruction. Because he's still Xander. He's he's been so good this episode. He's I love so- I love me some good Xander. He's so great. <laughs> he's able to think two thoughts at once. Yes. <laughs> Giles says, as he did at the beginning of the episode, that James's unresolved issues are giving are keeping him there, so they it's need used. to try to fix them. It's you. It's you. From where she has been standing, uh, very, very far from the group, Buffy says that James wants forgiveness. Yep. Buffy would know, since she can't forgive herself for Angel losing his soul either. Giles realizes how much sense this makes, and and he sees how James's current situation is like purgatory, living the worst moment of his life over and over and over again with no way out and no forgiveness. Buffy says James doesn't deserve forgiveness. Giles tells her in one of my favorite lines, of all of television. To forgive is an act of compassion, Buffy. It's not done because people deserve it. It's done because they need it. Buffy is projecting all over the place, though, saying uh, that James destroyed the one person he loved most in a moment of blind passion, and that's not something you forgive. No matter why he did what he did, no matter if he knows how uh, knows now that it was wrong and selfish and stupid, it's, it is just something he's going to have to live with. Oof. Sorry, Buffy. Poor gal. Yeah. So yeah. And then my favorite line: "He can't live with it, Buffy. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah." And she just spelled out just all everything that's that's bothering her. Everything she feels about herself. She blames herself and thinks she deserves to suffer. Yep. Everyone in the room <laughs> knows that Buffy wasn't talking about James. And uh, Xander points out, as you said, that uh, James can't live with what he's done because he's he's dead. Yep. Buffy's, and um, there we're coding in for Angel and Jealous. I feel like. Well, because he, well, and kind of like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. he's he should have been around bearing the other half of that burden. Yep. Bearing the other half of the guilt. But since he's dead, Buffy has to take 100% of the guilt about what happened. Yeah. 
which is shitty. Yeah, it's just that it's that two layered conversation mm-hmm. we keep having. Absolutely. Where it's we it's and Giles is in grief because he misses Jenny and we're having to recognize that Jenny's no longer around, but we're also starting to recognize that Angel isn't around. Right. And we have to come to the conclusion that Angel isn't around just in time to twist that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just well, and, gotta um, come to that resolution right in time. Well and and when we and we when we hear Grace's dialogue, that's what Angel would would be saying to Buffy. I mean oh, that's totally. the whole point of the whole thing, is it? Yeah. That uh we do hear Angel's side of things, but it's through Grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the older yeah. More experienced person who Well and you know. does she vibe with Angelus because he's still Angel? Well, Angel is still in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I mean the soul is gone, but all the 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 brain that holds all these memories and thoughts is there. And here's the hardest question, which I'll ask now before we get into it. Mm-hmm. Does Angelus love Buffy? Uh, selfish banal obsession, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's. I would say it's. It's. Uh, I think Giles put it best. It's not love. It's selfish banal obsession. Um. I because I, Angelus is not like Spike. Or mm-hmm. Drew, who can feel love without a soul. Um, he seems to be a more typical vampire like Darla. Yeah. Where they, without the soul, they cannot experience love. See, and I think he, I think that's true. I also think that he misses the feeling. He he loves the feeling of being with Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether in the, you know, smacking her head against the mausoleum way or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the way he was when he was Angel, he mm-hmm. he misses the attention. He misses, uh, you know, he's got his obsession with women, and yeah. he loves the company of women. And whether he is nice Angel or bad and jealous, he craves that. Um, but I think he actually misses the because he's he's a passenger with Angel. He's sitting oh, yeah. there and he's listening to everything and getting pissed I, I think and going to Manilow he... concert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he misses the feeling of being in love with Buffy. Oh yeah, I, I think he's I, I think trying so. to fill that hole, and it's he's filling it with the wrong things, of course, because well, he can't fill. He that's can't why he's, feel that emotion. Well, that's why he's so disturbed at the end, you know, because yeah, he, he felt that again, and he he feel. I think he feels violated because he he can't really feel that. It was just mm-hmm. simulation of him feeling that. Yeah, and what he misses is how good it felt to be Angel in love with Buffy. Yeah, I think he misses that a yeah. lot. Well, which he's, is part and, of the reason you know, he can't kill her. He wants to find a way to have that. Well, and and I think we'll see on yeah. Angel this series when he tries to recreate that with a different Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he does... I think his plan would be to turn Buffy, just like he did. But we've said that before. Absolutely. That yeah. his yeah, plan yeah. is not to kill Buffy, it's to drive her mad yeah. and turn her just like he did Drusilla so he can have the mm-hmm. closest thing he can have yeah. to love... Oh, and we, and we, we see slayer. that played out in the, in that exact same scenario mm-hmm. on Angel of the Series. Yeah. Uh, we see he tries to do that with Faith. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, he thinks he's finally found the, the slayer he can have. Mm-hmm. And so he tries. Yeah. He wants to want take half, but he's not a slayer, so he can't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Faith is having none of it. Yeah. <laughs> Faith's his, finest hour. Kicked his ass. <laughs> Uh, uh, Buffy stomps off uh, because she is still a teenager (laughs) and Cordelia has her number once again okay over identify Munch (laughs) and Munch is on her saltine Buffy finds a flyer for the Sadie Hawkins dance in her pocket she hears a male voice say the same thing the female voice said to Giles I need you 
Buffy goes out the back door. Willow asks Giles what they're going to do. Uh, Giles says that James is too angry and too powerful to try anything at the moment. Buffy is at the school. The wasps move courteously out of her way, closing in again after she's gone inside. Uh, Willow finds the flyer in the kitchen, telling Giles that Buffy went back to the school. The group of them stands outside the school in a way I can only describe as, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I like their, I like that we can skip over that logic. They're all smart yeah. enough to know that the ghost put the flyer in her pocket yep. and Buffy has gone. Absolutely. We can just settle that score right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to wander <laughs> around and look upstairs like, Buffy, where are you? No, yep. they know. Nope. Just, well, she, she left in a huff. She's over identifying. We know how hauntings work. Yep. Fine. <laughs> Cordy wonders what the hell Buffy is up to, but Giles tells her that Buffy is under James's thrall. Well, Buffy is rather susceptible to thrall. Uh, we've already seen that, <laughs> and we'll see that in the future as well. Okay. Uh, so, this is interesting, though. Grace, uh, we assume, as we've said, uh, whispered, I need you to Giles. Um, but And he did walk towards the hotspot, but he didn't seem to be under a thrall in any way. Uh, certainly not like Buffy just was. Uh, does Grace just not have enough power and is, is it is it what we're talking about with how she doesn't have a strong connection to giles as um you know as james hmm. does to buffy do watchers protect themselves against the thrall i have so many questions like <laughs> what if the mark of igon has thrall repelling properties like property of igon kind of a thing what oh. what if being possessed by igon gives you thrall rejecting properties i need to know i need to know this thing <laughs> <laughs> well so where where do we Giles falls under the thrall of the three sisters? Yeah. So That's for different reasons. I think, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time I can think of that Giles falls under a thrall, aside from yeah. band candy, but that's a chem band yeah, candy's a chemical. That's a chemical. That is that's Bacchus visiting. Right. Um yeah, that's Dionysus saying, Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And um Well and and also when he meets the the when he meets the three sisters uh mm-hmm. he, there's other stuff going on in the air that's messing with people's brains that's true there's so other things going on he's so going to be more susceptible yeah, to that kind of thing but he's only susceptible under extraordinary circumstance yes and uh you know even in band candy he's still ripper yeah he's yeah. not like joyce is kind of acting like she's kind of drunk and young mm-hmm. um you know everybody's like the drunk version of themselves as teenagers right. and he is not, not the, no. yeah and he's just ripper yeah so i would say it has something to do with him just being giles yeah if you are the the going theory at least in in the circles that i have read is if you are clear with who you are, and this fits with Greek philosophy too, mm-hmm. if you are clear with who you are, you cannot be swayed. Interesting. If yeah. you yourself know who you are, you can't be moved. It's And yeah. we actually affirm that that's what we're kind of showing at the end of the season when when you take everything else away what do you have and that would and that would explain why the master's thrall worked the first time but not the second on buffy yeah because when she came back from the dead she knew who she was Mm -hmm. now she's gotten all muddled again well as as one does yeah exactly and enlightenment is is a back and forth process right and because this show writes these people as real people so they take steps forward and steps back and they Mm -hmm. you know and she's had a lot of shit happen so she doesn't know who she is anymore that totally makes sense yeah and she's but as soon as she's clear and giles is clear on everything and giles has already been through the lesson of when you take everything away who do you have left right and so even though jenny's gone and he's distracted and his slayer's wandering away he's clear right he's giles and and i i think and, I, and that's very good and i i think i think it's a combination of that plus 
Grace not having as nice as nice uh, and uh, and clear connection, not a good match with Giles. Mm-hmm. Maybe if she had, if she fit him as perfectly as James does with Buffy, she would yeah. have had more of a hold if, on him. If if she was haunting the school because uh, her ill-fated lover was killed, killed by, by a vampire, vampire. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and while she was translating, yeah, uh, while I, he was translating I think the thing, Giles yeah. would have actually given into that experience to be able to process it himself. I think right. it's. You have to be able to give in to the process. Right. See, another example we have of this knowing yourself thing is Xander when he stops Dark Willow. Right. Xander is Xander. Yep. 100%. Xander had nothing to lose to begin with. He's very difficult to sway. And we only really see Xander swayed once. And that's the stuff we're so mad at him for. Right. <laughs> it's true. Um, especially for accepting the uh, the Dracula stuff. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. kind of, that's, we have reasons to write that off. Bear with us. Um, <laughs> it's totally in canon. Oh, yeah. We're not going to make totally shit up. Totally in canon. Yeah. No, we're not making stuff up. And, it, and it's not just our theory. It's a lot of theory. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think it is that the clearer you are with who you are, mm-hmm. then the less, the less out of sync you can be. Yeah. I think that's a good um, And the less likely you are to become. Yeah. Over... And, and just the nature of Giles being older, too, and mm-hmm. more, you know. And fair. He's had experiences for like 10 people. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's lived how many lives by now? Yeah. 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 He's like a cat. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Cordy asks why the hell this is all going down this way. And Giles explains that James is trying to get out of his loop. He keeps trying and trying for a different, happier ending. Willow is thinking that Buffy is going to get shot, but Giles says there aren't any guys in there for James to use to play his part. And again, we're getting these small pushes towards our expected gender roles. Uh, they decide there's nothing to do but wait and hope that Buffy doesn't run into any possessed dudes. <laughs> and Courtney's going to go for donuts. You know she is. <laughs> yes. She's like, whatever. Like, uh, I need coffee. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> she comes back with a lawn chair. <laughs> yeah, so, oh my God, that'd be awesome. And a book. Get her magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Buffy is most definitely thralled uh, wandering the halls. Angelus comes up behind her and brags about how wasps don't have a taste for the undead. Well, if you were cooked, you'd be in some trouble, Mr. Man. <laughs> I think we've all had wasp problems at barbecues. Also, behind Buffy, if you look up, <laughs> the classroom history is right behind her. You can see the yes, label the history. Lovely history class. Right yes. behind her History, head. Buffy, history. And she kind of turns to look at it when Angelus pops up behind yeah, her. Yeah, we just, we, we kind of, we... We sort of say, look, look history. Because <laughs> <laughs> the props department was just a little too proud of that Always one. haunting her, the history yes. class. <laughs> uh, he says that it's a special night and he wanted to look his best. So he it's, changed. It's good that, yeah, indeed, he did change yeah. his clothes. And it's it's good that they didn't, the wasps didn't sting him. Uh, the makeup folks also did him up all extra dead, too. Yeah, he looks really <laughs> he Super dead. Is it bad that I find him really attractive as dead? No. Like this super pale dead look just works. Uh-uh. It's I not mean, bad. He he couldn't look bad if he tried. No, no, he's he's yeah. a, well, he's well. They also it makes his little pretty eyelashes stand out. He does, like yeah. He's just yeah. Pretty. <laughs> it's that Spanish. The Spanish blood is like flowing, and he's like, hello. <laughs> it's the contrast. I mean, contrast is always good. Yes, um, yes. but yeah, I I dig the dead Angelus look. Mm-hmm. Sue me. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy isn't Buffy though. She begins her side of the dialogue with, you're the only one, the only person I can talk to. And Jealous is, well, 
He's still kind of stupid. Uh, so it doesn't occur to him that Buffy would never, ever, ever be saying to him this stuff to him, like, ever after he killed Jenny. So he calls her pathetic. She says, you can't make me disappear just because you say it's over. And with that, we know what's happened. Buffy isn't Grace. She's James. It all makes sense. James and Buffy, both younger and both in love with older partners, both betrayed by themselves and by the people they loved, both blaming themselves for killing the one person they loved. Of course, she's James. That's the brilliance of this episode. The whole time we should have expected the gender switch because the Sadie Hawkins dance was sitting there and subverting gender roles from the very beginning. Oh, my God. They telegraphed it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. It's crazy, that's right? Like, yeah. That's what you were waiting for. <laughs> that's what I was waiting uh, for. That is really good. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's like Babe Ruth pointing outside the stadium. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's so good. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Angelic gets all cocky and I think he really is telling himself he's gonna kill Buffy, but there's no way he would have, even if he hadn't been taken over by Grace <laughs> at this exact moment. Oh god, I can watch this moment. Oh, it's so good. Over and over and yeah. over. He says, I just want you to be able to have some kind of normal life. We can never have that, don't you see? And I'll be damned if David Boreanis doesn't absolutely become a female teacher who is in love with a male student in this moment. It is a breathtaking performance. It is. It is astonishing. Yeah. And I see why Whedon gave him his own show. Absolutely. Like, because he, he's brought it. He has yeah. been bringing it since day one. I, I, there's and this, not a bad moment and this for is, him. And this kind of thing is extra hard not to overplay. Yeah. And he plays it perfectly. It is, it's transcendent. Yeah, it is. It is so good. And I can, I can totally see why this is the turning point. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he proved himself. Yeah. They weren't thinking about having a spinoff. No, they weren't but, even, they weren't thinking about a sequel. Nothing. But yeah, and he, he completely rules this whole, yeah, absolutely. He does. Yeah. Um, I will, gentle listeners, encourage you to watch this scene again. If you haven't seen it in a while and think of the end of Angel and Buffy's relationship when they break up before he goes to L.A., they're going to have this conversation again. Yes. And they've already had it oh. a little bit. Yeah. And their final few conversations about their relationship ending sound a lot like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they continue and just please watch at least this part again. <laughs> so you'll end up watching the whole episode. It's, oh, yeah. It's, and it's, done it a few times. it's just such a beautiful sequence. They cut between Buffy and Angelus and James and Grace. And we, we see the whole argument. James pleading and Grace trying to let him go. Buffy insisting that Angelus tell her he doesn't love her. Grace saying she doesn't. And then the gun. Love is forever. Grace runs. James screams, don't walk away from me. And Buffy finishes, bitch. On the balcony, Grace tries to calm James. And we see that he didn't mean to shoot her. He was devastated and angry. And as Buffy gestures and points with the gun, she hits the trigger. And he is as surprised as she is. Outside, Buffy's friends are shocked to hear a gunshot. Grace falls off the balcony as Buffy stands in shock. Buffy walks into the music room and from the stairs, Angelus's eyes open. Buffy switches on I Only Have Eyes For You and looks in her at her reflection at James in the mirror. She starts to raise the gun, but Angelus stops her. She is amazed that Grace is alive. She says she's sorry. Angelus, though, apologizes to James. Grace says she's the one who should be sorry. She never stopped loving him. She loved him with her last breath. They kiss, both sets of couples do, and James and Grace's souls, we can safely assume, leave and are at peace. 
Unfortunately, not, such cannot be said for our Slayer. It takes a minute for them to realize what's happening after James and Grace have left, and it takes just a second longer for Angelus to come back. So, for a brief moment, Buffy really does think it's Angel. Yeah. Angelus snarls and pushes her away, and Buffy leans back against the desk and, and fights off the heroic blue screen of death. <laughs> and you can hear... I love that we put in Angelus's footsteps running away. Mm -hmm. Running. Running away. He's not doing the vampire glidey thing that no. they do. He is freaked. He's the fleeing fuck the scene. Out. Yeah. yeah. He, he is... doesn't even taunt her. No. It's a visceral reaction because he had a moment of feeling what he felt when he was watching from inside Angel. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, and I think you're right. I think he misses that feeling terribly. Yeah. I mean, it's, and actually we can make a comparison between him and Darla here. Uh, when Darla has uh, Connor's soul and oh, she's yeah. feeling all these amazing things and she doesn't want to go back to not feeling these amazing things with the oh, soul. That's a really good point. Because, I mean, Darla is way more ruthless than Angelus would ever dream of being. Yeah, no, Angelus would, would draw a line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a little freaked out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I'm bad, but... Uh, but damn. Yeah, I, I mean... Even the master with Darla was kind of like, Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Darla, I mean, that's why we love Darla so much. Mm -hmm. She loves being an evil, horrible... Mm -hmm vicious vampire well and even in life she was living as a prostitute which at that time well she she became she was, was bitter and jaded about people by the time she was turned yeah. and that just continued i mean she she tells us that who we are before informs who we are now mm -hmm. um and uh but even she loved that soul mm -hmm. and loved feeling love for her child and loved having the soul and feeling warm and human mm -hmm. and i can absolutely imagine that feeling feeling grace's love for james was and then having it disappear was a lot like darla's fear of what would happen when she gave birth to connor mm -hmm. yeah yeah i can see that it yeah. would be very shocking wrenching yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh so there's a thing that therapists do uh if <laughs> Let's say they figure out that you want to say a lot of things to a person, but that person is unavailable to come to therapy with you, or you don't want them to. Uh, I have no idea what it's really called, but I call it chair therapy. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so they sit you across from an empty chair. In my case, there was a little pillow in the chair, and they tell you to express your feelings <laughs> to the yeah, to the pillow. Well, uh, I at least got a teddy bear. Well, at least yours had a face. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of an odd experience, what with being completely mortified that you're talking to furniture in front of someone, but it <laughs> seems to have some therapeutic value that they make people do it. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so my point is that the, the gorgeous end of this episode is like a chair therapy for Buffy, except that the little pillow is, um, you know, a teacher who kind of seduced a student. <clears throat> so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the, uh, the punching bag with Angel's face drawn on it totally. by Spike. Totally. Well, and, and you know, that's just how Slayers do shit, I guess. Yeah. That's chair therapy for Slayers. Uh -huh. It'll happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the library, Willow, Xander, and Cordy have come back from inspecting the school, and uh, and two of them are not terribly thrilled that they'll get to uh, have actual school in the morning. I don't blame them. Uh, midnight was when they lit the candles, and I can kind of see the clock in the back. It's like three in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good thing they're young. And I guess Giles can take a nap in his <laughs> office. I would. <laughs> That's where Buffy is, actually. She's curled up in Giles' chair. Uh, he checks on her and she says that James picked her because they had quite a bit in common. Uh, so chair therapy seems mm -hmm. to have worked. Uh, <laughs> she sees now how very sad James was. 
Giles says that they're at rest now, and and uh, and that's good, at least. Uh, Buffy says she doesn't understand why Grace forgave James, and Giles asks if it matters, and Buffy realizes that it doesn't. Angelus is having an angry little shower. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys remember my little spiel about uh, shirtless angel and vulnerability and, uh, you know, the leather coats and the velvet. <laughs> He's shirtless again. Yes, he is. He is hurting. He is vulnerable. He's open. This is, we don't see Angelus like this. Right. The only other time that he is shirtless as Angelus is when he's mocking Angel and hurting Buffy. Yeah. So Yeah, when he's pretending that he's yeah, he's Angel. And even once he puts his shirt back on, I mean, I know for production purposes they probably didn't have him button it all the way, mm-hmm. but it still is kind of open in this very um unkempt, like not put together kind of way, very right. unangelic. It's not the it's not the sexy showing the upper chest kind of yeah, unbuttoning. It's not it's, the two buttons over the belly. It's kind of like it's showing it. It's showing his tummy, and yeah. he's kind of yeah, and he he does look vulnerable for sure. He does. He looks just undone. Yeah, and he is undone. He is, and, and it's a red shirt that he puts on. Yeah, he puts that red shirt back on. Yeah, he's, and we, and we know now that it means he's hurt. Yeah, uh, Spike thinks he's being a little extreme with the exfoliation, and uh, <laughs> and Jealous is all snappy. Uh, he says he actually says he was violated. Drew wonders rather hopefully if it was a demon, but <laughs> and Jealous says it was love. Drew almost eye rolls. Poor angel. <laughs> and she tastes the water like she can yeah. taste it, like it, like it's blood. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she drew after being tortured for how long and having her entire family killed is like, oh Christ, give me yeah. a break. <laughs> <laughs> Angelus tells Drew that they'll need a gruesome kill to purify him of all the lovey feelings, and he and Drew do the growly snarly game some more. Drew assures it. him that they'll find him a nice toddler. Well, she knows where the park is. <laughs> Uh, shouldn't be too hard. There's probably some kid there at 3 a.m. waiting for a parent to pick him up. <laughs> Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah. Drew asks Spike if he'd like to come along, but Angela steps in with a wheelchair pun and says that Spike will slow them down too much. He gets all handsy with Spike for a second, telling him to try to have fun without him, and Snard gets all shippy. <laughs> <laughs> they run up the Woo. stairs, possibly to kill a businessman's family, and pose them artfully so he can come back in a later episode and make Angel feel like shit. Uh-huh. That would be the kind of kill they would do right yeah. now. And yep. Spike, Spike, Spike stares after them for a few seconds. He says, oh, I will. And then Spike gets to his feet. He stands triumphantly and kicks over his wheelchair sooner than you think, he declares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things just got really fucking interesting. Oh, yeah, they did. And time for okay. a new deal in, <laughs> in my head um okay in my head i play this out a few ways because he kicks up the wheelchair like yeah badassly picks it back up mm-hmm. puts it back down so but what if there's like an alternate story where he kicks it over the wheel comes off and he spends the next two hours like shit shit shit, shit, shit <laughs> trying to like duct tape that puppy back in place That'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> so he's like half like, okay that would only happen if he tried to monologue <laughs> yes, <it would. laughs> yeah so he's not monologuing the poor so guy I'm, cannot okay. finish a monologue to save his life yes it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point okay. so yeah i can see it he's practicing some kind of badass monologue and it falls apart yeah. <laughs> i could totally see that so do you want to know my thing yes okay so of here's course. my thing that's why we bought all this recording equipment yes um so Angel Angelus trying to figure out how to kill the Slayer this whole time. Uh-huh. 
Can't do it. He realizes he has feelings for her in this episode. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he gets a new idea. If I can't have you, nobody can. Absolutely. If I can't have you, I'll just end it all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He hatches the plan to end the world. In this one. Because of his experience with this, and he it never occurred to him before that he could commit suicide, take Buffy with him, mm -hmm. And just end all of the torment that he's experienced. And I think I think that the proof that you're absolutely right is what happens to Darla. Yeah. When she has the soul and she can't bear to part with the soul mm -hmm. and doesn't want to become what she's afraid she'll become without the soul, she kills herself. Yeah. To, so that her son is born. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Except Angelus, of course, is, you know. He's Angelus. He's Angelus. And so, he's of course. He's such a ne'er-do-well. He right. still is well, and, and we also have a good example in... um. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm going to spell it out when Faith shows up, but, but, uh, with Faith, uh, Angel and Angelus' spiritual sister, mm -hmm. um, when she realizes. And God's sister. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, when she realizes that she can't have Buffy, mm -hmm. she decides to do suicide by Slayer. Um, absolutely. That, that's what happens when, folks realize that this cannot happen for them and they, they want it to be done. They can't, mm -hmm. like, Darla realizes you can't be the mother she wants to be for Connor. Um, and Jealous realizes he will never be able to feel what he just felt from yeah. Grace's perspective towards James for Buffy because he doesn't have the soul. So he wants to end it. He wants to do it in a take Buffy with him kind of way. Yeah, and he's, he's bearding it as being evil and doing something uh -huh. evil, but, like... That's, what, what, that's yeah. what Faith does, too. Well, yeah, Faith says, I'm evil and I'm going to kill you. What she really means is you're going to kill me. Mm -hmm. um, well, and Spike outlines a really good reason why vampires would not want to end the world like that. And it's because happy, happy meals, meals with, with legs. legs. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like the world and that's, is And great. this is, I mean, that, and that is, that plan is, <laughs> thinking about that plan is where I started calling Angelus really smart, but really fucking stupid. Yeah. Because he's so smart. He comes up with this Catholic plan. Great yeah. plan. Yeah. yeah, you have to go, you have to find this thing, and you have to resurrect him, and you have to figure out all this other shit. Mm -hmm. Angelus, the world is over, buddy. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Well, what he's doing <laughs> like, is... Like, I'll show you yeah. by wiping all of us out. Yeah, it's it's yeah. James bringing the gun to the, the school. Yep, it, it is. It totally is. He learned this from James. This never occurred mm -hmm. to him until this episode, and then we don't see him in Go Fish except for that one little bit where he goes bitey, bitey, spitty, spitty. Right. <laughs> so he's busy. Yep. He's busy hatching this plan, but just, it occurs yeah. to him, he gives up. It's like him scrubbing himself clean mm -hmm. at the fountain is Buffy putting the book on the shelf in her Absolutely. vision. Absolutely. It's the moment he gives up. Yeah. And when she's, uh, when she, <laughs> Faith and Buffy, yeah. Buffy. <laughs> hey, <look at> that. <laughs> um, when she, yeah, when she has her blue screen, mm -hmm. when she has a real blue screen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, it's, it's Angelus having a bit of a blue screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and. And and we also, I mean, what we see with, with James and Grace is uh, James's love for Grace goes from love, which is forever, mm -hmm. to, in the end, the selfish, banal obsession. Yeah. Uh, and which is why, you know, he kills her, mm -hmm. though accidentally. Yeah. Uh, the act where he is he is uh, running after her and threatening her and all that kind of stuff, that's selfish, banal obsession. Um, it returns to love. Yeah. Uh, his actions, once he is kind of a, a ghost, show more that he is trapped and confused but still loves her mm -hmm. uh she certainly still loves him and yeah i mean angelus would relate to <laughs> poor angelus he's unable to without a soul relate to uh the real love that they experience for each other grace and james um 
But he sure can relate to the selfish banal obsession part. Well, and those two, he gets to what I would take away from it, whether or not I could relate or not, is those two get to be together forever. Mm -hmm. If I kill the Slayer, she goes to heaven and I die, I go to hell. So he wants to suck them both into a hell dimension. Yeah, the only way they can be together forever is to end the world and have them both in a hell dimension together. Yep, absolutely. That's the only way they can have an afterlife together. Absolutely. Like it's, it, but it, he's still. But the really fucking stupid part, of course, is she can stake him there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't know what happens. Well, we there. can. Yeah, well, we, we can extrapolate from her experience. We can later. extrapolate from like Connor and uh, and Holtz too. Yeah, that, it's true. That you can kill things in hell dimension. So he really, I mean, yes, he absolutely takes a, a page from James's book. Mm-hmm. He absolutely forms his idea. Absolutely, you're a hundred percent right there. I think. Yeah. Because uh, the other examples that we see, um, and. <laughs> but that's where the really fucking smart and really fucking stupid thing happens because he just doesn't he doesn't think things through like okay so we get sucked in a hell dimension we can be together forever but dude she can stake you there yeah well he like, doesn't know what the hell dimension is right he just this sounds but like he, a good idea but that's the that's the not thinking things yeah, through part true, yeah. that's just he thinks to a certain point uh mm-hmm. just like hey i'm gonna kill the beast before he can kill faith dude you just brought the sun back like yeah. what are you doing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like he just doesn't quite think that extra step, you know, because he's a vampire without a soul, That's and they true. can't learn anything. I mean, no, the master, they can't. yeah, you have to. The have master's a soul been to around learn. forever. He didn't think things through. Yeah. Uh, Kakistos, the <laughs> taquitos, 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 kissing toast. Uh, he <laughs> he didn't think things through no. either, like at all. No, I'd say the only one who's able to think things through even a little bit is Spike. Spike. And even that, yeah, there's a learning curve on that one too. Yeah, and Spike, it, but with Spike is unusual. We know he can feel love mm-hmm. um, for for Drew and for Buffy. Uh, it's not is it love that the same kind of love you'd have with a soul? No, but yeah. it's love. It is absolutely love. Well, and um, I would argue that Spike. Well, I have a whole bunch of stuff about Spike. I'll leave it. Yeah, there's a lot um, of stuff. There's a lot of Spike. stuff. Spike is a, a deep, deep well. Um, but yeah, Spike is a different kind of vampire mm-hmm. for sure. Just like um, Drew is. Yeah, they're, they're kind of they're kindred spirits that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's such and a shame. The parent they're... does seem to determine. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a shame. Yeah, there's a lineage thing. It's a shame um, those two crazy kids couldn't make it work because I love them as a couple. I know, I love them too. I love Spike's character development so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I think that's it. And like, even when he's sword fighting with Buffy at the end, mm-hmm. he's not trying to kill her. He's just biding time until Akathla opens his mouth. Their faith in Buffy on the roof. Yeah. I mean, that's the fight. It totally is. It's, it is, is so paired up. Yep. And yeah, there's, there's some I mean, stuff. Faith doesn't too. kill Buffy when she can't either. Nope. <laughs> she holds her over the roof and it's like, mm-hmm. I can't do it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and because she's faced, she's completely honest. So we can get an mm-hmm. idea of what's going on in Angela's head too. Yeah, totally. I mean, was he going to run her through at that point at the fi- with uh, what he have left? Yeah, he probably, he probably was, um, at least enough to pin her down so the Catholic can do his like, thingy. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we can, I mean, absolutely. He, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. This is where he got that idea because James loved Grace. And so that's what he did. And, that's what he relates to because he can't experience the love part. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. I think so. And that's the only way they could be together forever. Yep. 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 And and he sees it as, you know, <laughs> just, he doesn't see it. He doesn't, wouldn't never call it love, of course, because he hates love. Um, yeah. But. Ew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shower but, time. But he, uh, but, you know, he recognizes the obsession part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's able to get as close as you can mm-hmm. and be angel. Yes. 
Yes. And he has this um, afterlife long problem with being obsessed with women. And it's happened again. His hubris is just all over. The, his hubris is fingerprints <laughs> are all over this episode and Akathla and all oh, this. Oh, yeah. Just it everywhere. carries through. And it. then on Age of the Series, all over his stuff with Faith. Absolutely. Yes. His hubris is just alive and kicking. <laughs> yep. And he's got a lot to learn. Yep. And that hubris came from Liam. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, yeah. Liam is. I mean, it's, it was his obsession with. Darla. <laughs> well, and if, if we want to see a similar arc from from uh, where Liam is or Liam was to where Angel becomes when he gets his own series, all we got to do is look at Xander. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. We have a similar arc in Xander to One-Eyed Xander. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To yeah. Watcher Xander, basically. Yeah. Yes. Because, uh, you know, One-Eyed Xander, pretty broody. Well, and it, it shows you that um, a lot of it is about the company you keep. Yes. That's one of the big lessons of Buffy, too. Yeah. It's, and we, we see that from the pack. I mean, they set that oh, out as, yeah, as early a, as the pack that's about... That's a really early thesis statement. Yeah, that, that you are, you know, you are the people that you're around and they have a huge influence on you. Mm-hmm. You know, we we see what happens to... I mean, and we'll talk about it when it happens, but we see what happens when Faith goes to the mayor. We'll talk about why she goes to the mayor. We'll see what happens when she's exposed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, if, exactly like you're saying. If we contrast Liam and Xander, we see why they became who they became because of who they met. Yep. We see what Spike became because of who he met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who he becomes because he's around Buffy enough for her to start wearing he met, on yeah, Because he met yeah. Buffy. And got a chip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the chip is just the excuse. <laughs> it's, it's a little MacGuffin. Yeah. Well, my guffany. Yeah. Yeah. But it has to be. I mean, mm-hmm. and that, and that'll be an interesting exercise in exploring what exactly the chip does. And it's sort of, if you take away the predator, what you had left kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's an interesting study in vampires. Yeah. Well, it, it's the opposite of what happens when you take away the soul. Can well, yeah. you, can you mimic a soul by taking away the animal? Just like, can you mimic, uh, the animal by taking away the soul? Or not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, well, sort of, it goes into, I guess, operant conditioning a little bit, like mm-hmm. um, how far, how far, far towards an actual soul can you get if you stop the bad behavior? Yeah, totally. Does the person start to feel? Mm-hmm. You know, does does the person behave just uh, the way that he does in a peaceful manner because of the chip, or because he's starting to feel some stuff that yeah. the chip is kind of leading him to, or because he was pretending to be, excuse me, the way he was. He sure is persistent about reason. insisting how bad he is. Yeah. Talk about the lady death protest too much. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> but we will cross that bridge when we come to it. Yep. I think, uh, have we talked yeah. this to death? Do you think? We definitely have. Thank you so much for sticking with us through all of this. Yes. These are these episodes are just going to keep getting longer, people. We might have to start breaking them up into two parts. Yeah, we might have to. <laughs> yeah. But not, not two parts, like different weeks. Same no, week. No, same just, week, just Just two for the sake parts. of file size and download time and listening sanity um yeah yeah so anyway uh if you have anything to add to the conversation go to dietitiansclubpodcast.com and comment go to facebook and make sure to like us uh on there and keep the conversation going there as well email us info at dietitiansclubpodcast.com and review us on itunes pretty please 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 <laughs> and this is after all the dietitians club podcast where all members are exceptional peace out bitches 